I'm Michael. Michael looks stunned. No, I, that, that was good. I hope, I hope they're okay. I hope people answer that. It's nice to have a bit of interaction this early I've on decided the this whole podcast is going to be interactive this this um, week, so no. we'll be leaving lots of space for you to tell us what you think. <laughs> As if the podcast wasn't long enough, now I'm, you're just going to leave a load of dead air. And, I'm aiming uh, for four hours. I've been back to school this week, Gemma. I'm, I'm knackered about two days in. That's okay. How- I, can't, I can't go late tonight. Right, well, I don't know about you guys. They said they can go late. <laughs> oh so. my god. They got a lot tied in to do at home, have they? Yeah. Dirty, dirty skirting boards. Mm. Um, We're talking about Coronation yes. Street between the 29th of August and the 2nd of September. Can you believe it's September? Yes, I can believe it's September because I've been back at school this week. Oh. Episodes 10,729 to 10,734. Oh God, the summer holidays just go so fast, honestly. It fairly feels like a minute ago that I was saying, oh, we're in the summer holidays now. But now it's over, a new school year, hurrah. I'm sad. I know, that's Michael and Gemma time over. I miss you. But we have to make even better use of the time that we've got. Like now, doing a podcast. You, you get my undivided attention for the next <laughs> four hours, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Check the time on the uh, on the podcast, see if that's actually true. Um, what, what, what I've what never else? been known to lie. No. Apart from that, fairly normal week, I would say. We went to a little um, historical site earlier this week, didn't we? Looking at some old buildings. We have... Um, well, I don't even know. We've not done nothing. We've done, it's just been a normal week. How about you, listeners? They've done nothing, nothing either. They haven't done anything? No. All of them? I think we just get cracking talking about Coronation Street then, really, because I've got lots to say None about this week's episode. None of them done anything this week. Oh, we did spend a long time earlier this week talking about the podcast as well, didn't we, when we did our listener questions. We've had a few people saying that they enjoyed those. Two hours worth of um, hearing us chatter on about the podcast and answer their questions and... Um, unveiling your deepest, darkest feelings about uh, about doing a podcast for ten years. I I, <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed laying it all out it's there very and, and doing a bit of. Well, we just got our behind the scenes experience at Coronation yeah. Street a few weeks ago, we so now we to give our unveil. behind the scenes um, experience for our listeners. So Enjoy you it. Go. Now you know how to do a podcast. So get to it, listeners. Enjoy it while it lasts, because I might delete it. Why is that? Um, in case it how. reveals too much. You know, you no, do I don't. Know I really don't. I might have to just unplug the internet. <laughs> the internet of the world. Yeah. Okay. There's a big cable, isn't there? Under under, under the, the ocean. Under the ocean. Find, I'll find, find that, and I'll get some kind of friendly whale to okay. bite it. Okay. Let's do a quiz, Gemma. Let's <laughs> do a quiz. Have you got? You know, a... did you know that inside that cable there is a wire that just for Conversation Street? Our own little fibre. To, to, to fiber. transfer it across to America and Canada. Yeah, and important. whoever else wants it over there. <laughs> Anyone from Mexico? Maybe. Actually, be quiet, I'm listening. No. <laughs> it takes a bit longer to get a reply back from there. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, quiz me, quiz right, me. Okay, I'm sorry, in a trivial I'm, mood. Sorry, I'm being whimsical. <laughs> right, 29th of August to the 2nd of September, yes. years ending in 2 and 7, and got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia, aka the one true source. Is that from The Matrix? Um, maybe. The source. The source code. Yeah, that's right. from The Matrix. 29th of August, 1977. Who gets a job packing at Baldwin's Casuals? 1977? 
Baldwin's Casuals, Packing, Joel. Steve Fisher. Yeah. Yes. The one and only. Oh, I'm so chuffed. I wish. I wish that. The Dirk of the 70s. I wish that Steve Fisher and Audrey Fleming had got together. Maybe they did. I Maybe don't they remember. Did. Actually, probably did. Not Dirk Kirk, of course. Always get those two confused. Um, 30th of August, 1967. The men and the women of the street mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. on separate trips in their groups of gender. Yes. Where do they go? I believe that the ladies go to a Tatton House. What's it called? Tatton Hall? Totten Hall. Tatton House. You know, I'll get a point for that. It's that Tatton. one. Tatton. Palace? Not <laughs> Place? Um, no, it's Hall, isn't it? No, it's not. What is it? Uh, think more about where it where it's situated. I don't know. In the grounds. Which I get emails from this flipping place all the time. The grounds. Tatton. Oh, just tell Tatton. me. Park. Park. Oh my god! Literally, Zero. I need to be taken off rumour. No, the boys they go on Zero. a um, they go on a canal trip. They do. Pulled by a horse. I get a point for that. Yes, surely. you do. Thank you. Right. I've written zero, but you've written Italian words for a general. No, I say I say things all the time um, <laughs> that aren't true. Right, keep going. Like when, earlier when I said I'd never lie. Park, how did I remember that? 30... Not remembering. Go on. 30th of August, 2017. This might be... This, the answer to this question might be you. Mm-hmm. Who does Gemma worry is going senile? Ah, <laughs> Rita. Yeah, it's Rita. It's not you, Michael. You're not Hashtag save Rita. Do you remember that? was five years ago. Rita's got brain worms. <laughs> 30th of August, 1977. Which two characters run into trouble in the Peak District after one of them crashes their leg in a ravine? 1977? Yeah. This is like... What's that? What was that? 127 Hours? Is that the name of that movie? Yeah, that's who goes to the Peak District? I'm kind of thinking there might be a Barlow involved, or... It's not... It wasn't... No. No more questions. I'm going to say Ken Barlow. Which two characters... And so, what, Ken Barlow and his alter ego, which is ben also Carlo. Ken Barlow. It's ben Carlo. Um, who ben Carlo. <laughs> Tis I, Ben Carlo. I've come to rescue you again. Peter. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. I think it is maybe too young back then, but you can never trust how old Peter was at any point during Peter's the seventies. The eternal. Thirty first of August, two thousand and seven. What shocking confession does Haley tell Becky? She is too scared to tell Roy. Two thousand and seven. You yes, say? Yes, I do. I said that. Oh, that she's got a son. Yeah. Yes. Christian. And his name is Ben Carlo, <laughs> hero of the street. 2nd of September, 1992, Alec leaves Bet as the sole proprietor of the Rovers and goes where? Southampton. Yeah, I bet I've asked that question about five Doesn't times Doesn't matter, I'll take it. 2nd of September, 2007, this is your final question. Who does Norris propose to only to get rejected? 2007? Yes. Ah, uh, Rita. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Almost full marks. You've written full marks on the piece of paper, no, so I I'll haven't. take it. Yes, I've written. I also, yeah. Right, do you want to do a birthday roundup? I would love birthday to see who's people. going to be celebrating this. There is a too. special birthday. Somebody that I hope has a completely adequate day. Is it Ben Carlo? It's, no. <laughs> Between the third and the ninth. I love Ben Carlo. That's <laughs> he's our new, I've he's written our it new down. mascot. <laughs> I wrote that down because that's a funny joke. Everybody, write that down. Uh, ben Carlo Hang and his partner Carly Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, we have to wait for somebody to come get their pen. Right, I can come hear on, them saying they've got a pen. Well, where is it then? <laughs> Shut up. 
They say they don't know where it is now. Is, is that pen? You don't. You only have one pen oh, in your I'll house. Stop it. This, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely I'm, ridiculous. I'm well, from a tea where you and them have a You chat. don't write. Write. Don't write it down with a pen then. Just remember it in your head. <laughs> okay. Are you all right now? Yes, they're fine. Okay. Right. Third of September, the most adequate birthday of all time. Chris Fountain, Tommy Duckworth the nice. third. Oh, he hasn't been getting much work recently, has he? Faye Brooks, who played Kate Connor. Fourth mm-hmm. of September, Bill Kenwright. He was Gordon Clegg, the first. He was the producer of the play that we saw, wasn't he? He's so He rich. did Dilem for Murder, He's starring George Banks. Of money. Now finished. Would he like... Not George Banks, the play. Would you like to sponsor us? Um, we're not a stage show. If we yeah, could we turn could... Conversation Street into a stage play, oh, Bill Kenwright would be we? well on it. Yeah, we'd, we'd ask him for a job. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kennedy played Curly Watts. Curly, yeah. nice. Now starring in Rock of Ages, probably, because that's all he seems to do these days. Yep. Betsy and <laughs> Emmy Taylor, who mm-hmm. were Lily Platt. I have no the trivia about that. Now, weirdly... Probably this is, twins. This is a funny coincidence. These two were born on the same day, right? Not only that... In the same hospital. What? Not only that, to the same woman. What are the chances of that? I don't know. I that don't reminds me. Has anybody uncommon. checked out on our YouTube channel this week? There's a, a old feature discussion uploaded about twins of the street. And those weren't included because it was only about the characters. Interesting stuff. Lots of twin trivia. Fascinating, isn't it? Mm. They said yes. 5th of September, Johnny Briggs, who played Mike Baldwin. 6th of September, Ian Paulson Davis, who played Owen Armstrong and... Yes. Martin Hancock. Martin Hancock. Martin. He played. Play, no, plays. 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 Now, we never thought we'd be saying that, did we? Plays. Spider Nuggets. Spider Nuggets. For Spider Nugent. Happy birthday to Martin Hancock. That's brilliant. Ma- spider is definitely the sort of character who would eat Spider Nuggets if he thought it would save the planet. I don't think he would because no. he's a vegetarian. No. If they said, look, these are like organically grown and you need to get your protein in and it's the future of food, he would definitely eat a spider nugget. Do you reckon? Yeah. Now the dark spider that we're seeing, maybe. Maybe dark spider. He, dressed he has like a, a secret. He was dressed like a blimmin' children's TV <laughs> presenter with blimmin' rainbow coloured uh, beaded necklace. The planet's dying because of people like that wearing necklaces. Unnecessary. You don't need a necklace, spider. Yeah. Right. Is that it? No. What? One more to go. Okay. 8th of September, writer and programme producer, Jack Rosenthal. Oh, congrats. Happy Sorry birthday, to nearly miss you. everyone, except one. And, 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 it is one month until Gemma's birthday, isn't it? It is a September the 2nd today, and it is Gemma's birthday on set, on October the 2nd, and it's a special one, so make sure you get all your preparing What's done. the question? What There's did no you question. say? I just said it's your birthday in a month. A Ugh. month today. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh... No, I can't confirm that. And it means it's two months since my birthday. It's Hooray! true, it's true. Right, let's talk about this week's Coronation Street and move over to Street Talk. Let's go. Time for Street Talk. Right, okay. I thought Curry was quite good this week. Do you think Curry was quite good this week? <laughs> you, just, you just restarted this recording so you could say Street Talk. I said Street Talk and then you turned this is it the off second record. and deleted it and went, right, I'm I ready didn't now. I think you said street talk time with enough enthusiasm, Joa. I did! <laughs> That's, you can say it again if you want. Street talk time! Street talk time. Right, yeah, I thought that, I thought Corey was quite good this week. Um, 
they're just, you know, with, with all this stuff with Leo, it's like, is he going? Is he not going? My nerves are fraught at the moment. I know. Will he please leave and go to Canada? <laughs> yes, go to Canada, Leo, for heaven's sake. Well, and also, th- my nerves are also fraught because storylines merged this week. I, hate, I love it when they do it, but I hate it when they do it for podcasting purposes. So what we're going to do first is start off with the read in the red storyline just about Stephen doesn't have any money. Uh-huh. Then we'll go move on to read in the red head. Uh, it almost read in the redhead's bed this uh, evening if it hadn't been well, for Gemma walking in there. His name is doing the accounts. He she was doing the accounts almost back yeah. then, not she? Um, then we will have the Cardi storyline, or is there the R Kelly or whatever other names we call them? I think I quite like Cardi. I like all of them. They they, they are they're Cardi's their name now. Kelly and Adi are ripe for storyline potential um, title. Right, next one, Gemma, you got to choose between two terrible storyline titles. Go on. I want ready for this this week. I loaded up my notes document this evening and I realised that my notes were all out of order. I didn't come up with storyline titles for anything. Stack it off. But they're, they're still all jumbled up, so I, I apologise in advance, everybody. Um, so I had to come up with storyline titles. Yeah. So there's a protest going on next week, yeah? Yeah, with, I've heard with about that. Nadim Atala. Right? So that's my background to this. Nadine Metalla. Yeah. Common name. You know when they they come up with names for new Coronation Street characters? Like, like, oh, we can't call it that. There's already been one called that before. There's already somebody but living in Manchester. But has there been an Adima Tala before? There's somebody in Manchester called Adima Tala's like, look, it's not me. I don't know why. <laughs> I love the environment me. I, I hate recycle pollution. and everything. <laughs> right, so Nadimonstration. Okay. Like a demonstration. I love it. Or... I'm a talent on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a talent on you. Okay, That's yeah, I'll get it, I'll do. get it, yeah. Which one do you like, man, what are you going to call it? Um, uh, a demonstration. A <laughs> demonstration that is, then. I am not going to call this person Nadim Atala. <laughs> I know you're not, you're going to... I'm going to call them Adele Dazim, because that's the best name. <laughs> Context? If, does, do people not know where Adele Dazim comes from? Is when... Oh, what is his name? The one, the Scientology one. Tom Cruise. No, it was the other one. John Travolta. He introduced, um, I can't remember what her real name is. The one who sang Let It Go. Oh, what's her name? I don't know. He didn't know what her name was. He called her Adele Dazeem. And ever since then, I just love that name. So that's what you're going to be calling the Dematella. Fine. Um, I prefer I'm a talent on you, but we'll, we'll a, a, agree to a, disagree men, on this. Menzel, d- d- men, men, uh, Corrie's Summer Party is next, which is my rubbish storyline title for Summer's Birthday Party this week. Then we have got a little bit of Return of the What a Dilemma story. Adina Menzel, not Adele Dazeem. Um, a play for Wendy. Is Ken making a play for Wendy? Does she's going to be in a play, but is he making What's a play Ken for her? What's Ken doing for the play? He's not doing anything for the play at the moment. Oh, okay. But, um... He seems to be making a play for Wendy, and Mary is also making a play for Wendy. In Next. a literal sense. Next. Sam. Wait. I don't have a storyline title for Sam, because he just posted a letter. Sam, over. There's a mystery, there's a mystery letter. What could that be? We'll find out. I don't know. Do you know? I've got, I literally have no idea what it could be, it's so I look forward to hearing some theories of that later. I really think it might be something just to do with chess. Oh, yeah, he is a bit one note sometimes, isn't he? <laughs> but we'll come to that. That's our eighth storyline title. Eight? Gemma, I have not got time for this. Can you do Read in the Red? Which had some nice scenes this week. Some nice plat stuff. Monday, Sarah meets up with Adam in the cafe. Or maybe. Yes, yeah, so, sorry, that question mark was just to say, why are they meeting up in the cafe? 
Also, she's married to him. They could have done this over breakfast. We met in the cafe. Hmm? We met in the cafe this week. Did we? Last week. Last weekend. We did, but you know, we. Uh, anyway, obviously yes, we did this... on Saturday. Okay, I'm just saying. It was saying... fun. I was like, <laughs> Michael's walking in somewhere, and I'm already here. <laughs> that doesn't happen. I'm just saying that maybe the set for Adam and Sarah's flat wasn't completely ready to go. Maybe they just scene. got. Maybe they've trashed it. Maybe they thought was, these boring people don't have a set for them anymore. Maybe. Anyway, so they're. Can in I the just say, Sarah and Adam's um, flat, the set is more interesting than they are. <laughs> right so they meet up in the cafe to talk about the business oh my god this business idea this is so this is boring too all week is just sarah going oh oh my darling i think i should do business with my uncle Stephen." and uncle Stephen's like yes yes give me your money and she's like oh i don't have any money actually and then he's like get some money it's really easy just like steal it or something and she's like oh no I couldn't possibly I like how they they are really kind of shying away from what exactly Sarah's idea is unless I'm missing it she's got a business idea okay and it is I, to sell things to people for I think more the idea than she is that Stephen them. doesn't care because he just wants to get a load of money she's out like, of oh, her oh Sarah's business idea is just so amazing you're so great and beautiful and she's like yeah I am actually yeah. poor Sarah why, why can't Carla see it taking advantage of poor dumb Sarah so Sarah's yeah she's like Stephen's gonna help me Uncle Stephen's gonna help me apply for this for this loan and I'm like I'm like look Sarah I married you for your looks <laughs> you don't have a good idea about anything you don't even have good ideas about what's for dinner <laughs> so I don't I'm a bit wary. And he says, he already mentioned to Carla that um, Sarah's got some ideas and she's not keen about it. This this is like, this is divorce territory, this is. You're going behind my back talking to my co-boss and saying my ideas to her, which I was secret actually, about doing G-strings and she's not impressed with them. See, she, she's very resilient, Sarah, isn't she? She like, doesn't a week care. Later and she's still it's not like taking war no for an Sarah's offended that he trusts Carla's judgment over hers. So later on, Carla apologised to Sarah. Sorry, my notes. Sorry. Um, probably sorry. Adam, Adam apologises to, to Sarah, talking to Carla, and says, "I can't give you money because I because my business um, is struggling because Imran's bought it. I've got a, I've got he a didn't dead buy the partner. business. He just died. <laughs> yeah." They haven't like really shown any of that, have they? It's also weird. I know, I know we've had this discussion here about um, we've had discussions about money in in marriage, and people have different opinions. But it's so weird to me to be like, dear husband, might you give me your wife some cash so I can do a business? <laughs> like it's like I'm sorry, I I can't give you any because what do you mean you can't? It's half mine. Yeah, roll it out, please. Well, I would have thought that she doesn't need telling that. The, the, the solicitors is doing badly as well. Why didn't she learn to be a solicitor? Oh, she I know. <laughs> Sarah meets up with Stephen in the pub later and she says that I can't get this money. And he says, you know, Carla's so, so mean to you. You need to get out of her shadow. And she's like, I will eventually. Wednesday, it's the salon opening. Everyone's turned up. Hooray. Ken, Rita, Brian, Roy. Whole bunch of random extras there. Because there's a cake stand. Yes. And where's a the, giant pair of scissors. Where's the helpful journalist from the Weatherfield Gazette or whatever? Oh, yeah. Take Why are they vote. having an opening ceremony without any press? And they didn't actually cut any hair this week either, did she they? Cut, she cut a ribbon. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah. That's me done for the week. Oh, well, I'm 85. Well, <laughs> Audrey tells the oldies that she hasn't told her family about her suicide attempt yet, which is um, understandable. And then Ken, Ken's like, Ken brings out the giant scissors, which is not related to what she just said. Also, that thing about the suicide attempt there, the Brian ribbon. was there, wasn't he? And he's, Brian's as far there, as like, I nodding. know, Brian doesn't know anything to do with well, it. They, they're just talking like, oh. in a very coded way, and Brian's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when we, I'm when Audrey goes, um, he's like, what? Brian's like, I'm a classic character. You Aren't know. I? I'm, I'm an People mention me in the same breath. Audrey, Ken, Rita, Brian, Packham. It's yeah. like it off the Remember tongue. when I was sick on everyone? <laughs> That's classic Corrie humour, that is. So um, she does a little speech about everyone being great and she snips at the ribbon. And then Stephen comes to Adam to ask if Audrey signed the trust fund paperwork yet. And he says, why don't you ask her? Straight to the point, Adam. Yeah, he says he's got he's got no time for this nonsense. Yeah. I think I, I think Adam's getting fed up with being in Coronation Street. You reckon? Yeah, it's like this guy's just everyone's stupid. I'm leaving. <laughs> Stephen finds Audrey in the salon later, and um, he says Adam's really worried about this paperwork that you haven't signed, Mom. And Audrey's like, "Oh, I, I can't be asked. I'm not doing it." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, <laughs> really? Is this where she says what?" No, she she doesn't say at this point what she's actually decided to do, does she? Well, she's like, yeah, I'm not signing it anyway. Yeah. So he's like, never mind. Damn it. Audrey goes over to number eight and she talks to Gail and she says, I've got a serious thing to talk to you about. And she tells her about her suicide attempt. And it was really great. I thought it was a really good scene. I know. I was on the edge of my seat going, come on, Helen Worth. They come were, on. They were both really great. They were, it was so, it was so fun. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to use positive terms to describe it because it was kind of a very dark um, discussion. But they're such great actresses; they really can, they really do rise to the occasion when they're giving given something to do. And Gail is given like proper serious, decent stuff so infrequently. Yeah, so but she can was, still do it. It was lovely, and she could. She, I think, they both did a really good. And job these characters have got what forty plus 40 years, years of, history. of history on the show, and the shock of like. Um, of being told something like this about your mum and also how harrowing it must be to admit this to your child as mm. well it was I just really felt they the script was really great and the um, the acting was really great and the the show did a really good job on this so she, yeah they didn't like, try to make any kind of they didn't try to make light of or, to make, or make Gail say anything Doofusy yeah, well, it was perfectly um, yeah, was, uh, yeah, was well, yeah. yeah, Gail can't believe that she didn't see this happening, and Audrey's like, "Look, it wasn't your fault. These things creep up on you." And Gail says, "Oh, I failed you," and Audrey says, "This isn't the case." And then everybody else turns up, and Audrey prepares to tell them. Even Aiden got a shout out. Didn't he did, he, didn't he? This? Yeah. Now this is interesting because I get you know a lot of the time when you talk about suicide. Um, suicide survivors who are people that are left behind when the person goes um can feel really guilty and really upset about you know why wasn't i enough why you know um how could they do this and audrey didn't really come out and say it but it's not really about the other people is it it's about only you and how much you're suffering Mm. so um it's yeah so everyone was stunned by what audrey says and David, David's like, what, what, what's happened? What could have happened? What, I need to get to the bottom of this. Even he was like, 
pretty serious about it, wasn't he? He was making wisecracks by the end of the episode about Stephen's new suit. But I thought he, um, he was also reacted in a, in a sensible way. Why would they not? Sometimes I you expect humour for, for no reason I don't understand. No, well, da- David, he's, he's, he's always, uh, Michael, especially him, is a dark humour, isn't I know David's a bit of a psychopath, but you can't crack jokes about your nan trying to kill herself. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Okay. Audrey promises to everybody that there's life in the old girl yet and she's going to spend all of her money um, once she's made sure that they're all financially secure and she's going to have a bog standard will. Everything's, everything's going to be split equally. No, don't worry about it. Um, everyone's going to get their fair share, apart from Stephen, who has already assured me that he absolutely doesn't need the cash because he's proper loaded. And Stephen's like, damn it, mom. <laughs> then I love this. Stephen goes. Scene of the week comes next. Now, yes. because we all know it's the Highland Games tomorrow, Stephen was getting ready for the, the Kyber toss. <laughs> Kyber toss. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Carry on up the Kyber. Yeah, he, he chucks a big pole, doesn't he? Um, what else does he... He swings a really bin around. Oh yeah, he swings it right, right, yeah. and flings it up. He has a big old hissy fit around the back of the the, the factory. I'm surprised nobody noticed really, especially because Shona was just in the kitchen of number eight, which is about oh, ten second walk away, if that. But he he um he kicks a haggis to death. Yeah, entertaining scene. I think it made I thought everybody this was absolutely laugh. Absolutely brilliant. I don't think it was supposed to make everybody laugh, but it did, and it's better than no reaction at all. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. Stephen's just going up in my estimation by by the episode. This he's was fantastic. very entertaining. He's just so he's so small fry, such low stakes like drama. Like I'm gonna throw a weeding pit in this to show you, Mum. Well, I just like that they've given him, you know, a bit of a personality now. I think in his last two stints on the show, they they were a lot shorter than this one. It felt like, and he was just a bit of a bland, suave businessman. I don't remember him having a mega personality. Like, the first time, Alma fancied him. Oh. Um, and the second time, he was just there to whisk um, whisk Sarah Louise away to Milan. Um, but they've actually kind of given him a lot more depth of character now, even if that depth is a... Sinister. and a cheesy villain. We absolutely love cheesy villains on the show, and um, I love the fact that Stephen's just this, like, really mild agent of chaos who just will tip over your bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, Sally wouldn't like it. Although I did discover when we were on the Coronation Street tour, the bins were all um, screwed closed, weren't they? Yeah. I tried to open up Sally's bin. I know we it did. It wouldn't yeah. let me. Yeah. Yeah. So, the bin wouldn't let you. No. No. When, when they announced these three returns with Spider, Stephen and Wendy earlier this year, Spider, I was kind of head over heels excited with straight away. Wendy, it was like, ooh, blimey, crikey, Wendy Crozier, wow. And Stephen, it was like, why? Okay, Stephen Reed, yeah, right, yeah. That's, that's good. Right. I like a good. But actually, he's as of what's brilliant. going on at the moment, he's, he's the most exciting. Still, Wendy's just what's kind of going along to? nicely, but not doing a whole lot. Um, what's the Spider to, is just like on the periphery and not really got his teeth sunk into anything yet. But Stephen is like, I'm just every scene that Stephen's it's in. It's like, I'm what's like, he gonna do now? <laughs> yeah. What's he gonna do? Yeah, I love it. Um, and I wouldn't have expected this. No, I know. Stephen come, yeah. Stephen comes back to number eight, and Shona's like, "Oh, you've torn your jacket," and so yeah, he's he, got a rip on his sleeve, hasn't he? Yeah. So he goes to the charity shop to get a new one, and he's so poor he can't even afford to buy the tie. Yeah, one pound tie. I appreciated this charity shop scene. I love a charity a, shop. Well, I just like that it was a, a location shoot. It's like 
Do, do you think and the I, people I at Cairo know... are like, how can we somehow film this on the Media City lot? We haven't got anything. That, could we dress up Tracy's to look like a charity shop? And they actually went to a proper charity shop and they filmed in there. And there, and there was a there was a, a charity shop lady who had a bit of a whiff of the Sarah Lancashire's about her, I thought. I don't know why you keep saying no, that. No, I did. I thought it looked a bit Sarah Lancashire-y. Um, <laughs> Raquel's fallen on hard times. Um, no, I, I, I really liked it. A packed shop. It just gives, it just makes it feel a lot more real, I thought. So yeah, he's there getting his suit and his tie. He, he's only got £20 in his wallet and it kind of was done to feel like this is the last of his money. He is now literally broke. Learn to darn your sleeve. Yeah. Um, the, back, the story of this is that there's a whole sack full of these clothes from a widow who's dropped off her dead husband's clothes and there's like this, you know, theory, online fan theory that these these are Imran's clothes. Well, yeah, I saw this on the Digital Spy Forum yesterday. But I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, it's but one of those things where I think... Um, can I just say oh, yes. that some of Imran's wardrobe is incredibly distinctive and he did have quite a lot of really lovely things. And I think if they wanted you to definitely make that link, they could have very easily have done that. But they didn't. So I think it's just an Easter egg. I think it's just a, fu- a funny thing that got put into the script. I don't think it has any kind of deeper meaning. There's not going to be any sort of plot point from this. I, I, I did. I did wonder that at first. I mean, it could be li- literally nothing, and then this person could have just made a, a or funny observation. it could just observation. be a diff- another widow. There's yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't written like I, I certainly didn't think. Oh, a widow that must have been Toya that delivered that. But when well, I saw the theory, I thought, oh, that'd be cool. Then I did. thought, well, what would the storyline purpose be? So I reckon it's going to be a case of. Um, Stephen's poorness, his, his um, what's the word? Poverty is revealed when Toya notices the suit at some point. And that's yeah. when people say, hang on a minute, Stephen, I thought you were mega loaded. Toya says that that's Imran's suit that you're wearing there. Well, I mean, so I don't, like, rich people can go to charity shops. Yeah, but that's I don't not think... a gotcha, is it? It's not, but it, it's 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 something that could you know catch Stephen off guard if he's accused of you know or you know what's going on here. I just I I think maybe they could be going there with it, or it could be absolutely nothing. But Toya did she did walk past Stephen a couple of times in today's episode. I mean, she had her mind on something else, of course. But when she strode through the bistro to to have it out with Leanne, and then when she clopped off down the cobbles later on. She did pass Stephen and didn't go, oh, I know that suit anywhere. But it is a fairly standard suit, isn't it? It's not going to catch your eye necessarily. And that's all I have to say about that. Gail finds Audrey in the salon later and Audrey apologises for giving her a nasty shock. Gail has a little revelation about her mum being a human being. She says that you're a better mother than I could ever have hoped for. Husbands and partners have been and gone but Audrey's been the one constant through it all. And if I'd lost you, I don't know what I would have done. This is just heart-wrenching. Because um, you know it's going to happen at some point. That's This is so sad. Audrey tells Gail that she admires her more than she could ever know. And she's so resilient. And Audrey asks for her for forgiveness. And Gail says, of course, I'm just glad I've still got you. And they have a hug. Very nice. Scene. Love this. I, don't, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's up there with the... Um... With the BAFTA award-winning scenes or anything, I but it was, it, was re- it was really, really lovely little two-hander. Um, and as a, as gave a time to breathe. Daughter, that's very close to them, to my mum. Um, it really touched me. I felt um, very connected to these scenes. I oh, thought. Oh, lovely. Um, it was yeah. 
It was. It was. It was very, very nicely done. I'm glad that they uh, had the opportunity to do that. The family meet up at the bistro and make fun of Stephen's suit. So this is this is a uh, David. He's just. Uh, I didn't get what I didn't understand what crack. was wrong with it. It was a suit. All men's suit are boring. I think he was just saying it was a a bit. Well, did it have pinstripes on it? Is that it? I don't yeah, know. I had pin, Yeah, it was a pinstripe suit, and it, and it, and it looked. Can a I bit just cheap. say? Al Capone looking suit is to me is one with bullet holes and blood pouring out of it <laughs> Stephen says well, I like it why don't I take a maybe few maybe when risks? Leo finds out about what he's been up to with Jenny eh David points out that he's never been much of a risk taker in the past and Stephen says I might just change that after all what have I got to lose <laughs> he's slowly turning into Donald Trump um, I'm sorry but, everybody yeah I, I think that is just literally your, your, uh, your... I only have one um American transatlantic voice. accent at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm just thinking it's all, all very fun. This. Um, I. Well, that's not the end of Stephen this week. It's not. It's not the end of Stephen. Because um, that only took us to Wednesday, and then he gets up to all kinds of stuff on the on yeah. the Friday, which we'll get into in a minute. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was great the 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 reveal that Audrey wasn't leaving any money to Stephen. It did, but. It was weird though because it's like she's not imminently at death's door. I know that horrible things happen, and you know you could get taken ill suddenly, and you know, but she's she's fine. It's not it's not an urgent matter, is it? I don't know. So I mean, yeah, if if she were to leave money to Stephen, would he have then like tried to offer or something? That's what I'm thinking. What is he up to? I don't think I don't think he's got. Got it in him. No, I mean, I mean, he's good at throwing bins, but could he throw old ladies? I do, don't I, think so. I don't know. How she, do you think he'd she do looks it? Fairly light. How do you think she? He, do you think she'd like uh, bleach her to death? Yeah, something like that. Um, maple syrup would be involved somehow. Just force feed what her about, until she exploded. What about his Italian side? Excuse me, he could make her eat lasagna. <laughs> um, I did think it was kind of bad. Even though he said, I don't need the money, it seemed like a pretty cowy thing for Audrey to do to not leave him I, money I mean, anyway. To be honest, how much, like, I reckon, I reckon she's easily got half a mil, if not more. She must have, a, but she might even be pushing a million, you know. I wonder. With the house, I reckon the house was worth about 600,000. I can't remember what her financial status was after the whole Archie money thing. She's got all the these trinkets, year. she's got those Meryl robes. She's got these silk scarves. I'm sure that Sally would buy them. <laughs> um, but that money split how many ways? Taking Stephen out of it, it's not going to really bump everybody up that much. Mm. Just give it to him too, you cow. I just, yeah, I, well, I just think that it should honestly be split between Stephen and Gail. And then eventually it might work its way yeah, down to you, the grandchildren. Different families have different... Your family seems to do it that way, like the children get, like the yeah. direct children and then the grandchildren can have it later. Just get scraps. But my family, it would be more like you split it and the kids get more, but then the grandchildren get some. Yeah. Not that I've ever been left money by, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I've not been left money by anybody. But if you were... If I were, I would expect an, an equal share. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just thought that Audrey should have probably noticed that Steve was maybe just being a bit polite or something. It does seem weird. It does seem weird. She but could have said to him at least, look, I'm some? thinking of not doing the trust. I know you've been banging on about this trust. I've changed your mind. I'm going to make a will. 
I'm thinking of not giving you any money. Is that okay, maybe? But I guess the difference. Like, guess the no, thing no, is, not really. I guess the more of the reaction was that she's not doing the trust anymore. Because I think he was up to something with that trust, but I can't work it out. Well, I, I don't, don't know enough about trust. No, I don't know enough then. about trust. So I, I think assume it that just... he would have been able to access the money before she died yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So I that's think why the... it was more mad about the will and the trust not being in existence than her saying you're not getting any money at all. But I think that was just the icing on the cake, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, so let, let's uh, let's see what else Stephen gets up to what this else? week. Then, but we'll just rewind to? a little bit to uh, what's going on between Jenny and Leo in the Rovers. Um, Leo's still oh, Leo. trying to find a job. Go to Canada. Yes, there's plenty of jobs over there because apparently factories use in. construction, according to Sarah Louise. Today. No, no, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so anyway, look, Jenny. What? I don't. I don't understand. Like the the. Everybody in on Coronation Street can go to any country. Like whatever skill they have is highly in demand. Whatever country they want to go to. Yeah. So obviously, Canada is gagging for people who have just learned how to work on a construction site. Because let me point out to everybody, Leo is not a builder. He is a surveyor. Well, he's a sewer man, isn't he? He's not good at spotting sinkholes. <laughs> if you need somebody to not know if the floor's going to fall out from underneath you, Leo's your, your man. man. Yeah, yeah. True. Right, um, so Jenny says, look, Daisy's in Brighton at the moment on a hen do. Um, we've got the place to ourselves tonight. Let's have a bit of a night out, a bit of, you know, wink, wink. How's your father? And Leo's like, no, I've got no cash. And he's uh, he's just far too honourable to let Jenny pay for the to go out and do If a I meal. said to somebody, hey, do you want to go out and then come back and have a bit of a uh, 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 and then they went, I've got any money, I'd be like, excuse me, I'm not a prostitute. I know. What do you mean you haven't got any money? You don't need 50 quid on the nightstand. So, just very candidly coincidentally, Ed's in the pub later, moaning about this pub demolition project that he's been doing for months. Somebody's supposed to be working for him, just injured his hand, taking the stone out of an avocado. They talk about what's the most middle class injury yeah. you've ever heard of. <laughs> that is very much. So, uh, Leo offers to help. Hooray, that's very handy. See, now he, Ed's got a new... So uh, he's been a builder for like two days. I'm sure that there's transfer. And I can also say, Ed, I would not hire Ed Bailey or the Bailey Bailey and Son or whatever it's called construction company to do anything for me because he hires people that have no experience whatsoever in anything. He's got Paul who had to Google how to put a, a, a door on a on a cupboard. Yeah, that's true. His workforce is made up of people who've never like, done building before in their who, life. All, not only do they, have they never done building before in their lives, but they have no respect at all for the fact that it might actually be a skill. They're like, yeah, I can do building. Anyone can it? do that. You just throwing need to be a brick, man. Throwing bricks on the floor in a pile. Anyone can do that. So, Leo's got a job and now he can buy dinner for the for them tonight. Wait Brilliant. until he finds out how wages work. But there's a bit of an accident Oops. at the builder's yard because he comes back covered in soil in inverted commas from the soil pipe which has burst under uh, everybody who goes to work because it was the same with Daniel the other week wasn't it? He? he went yes, off building and then came like, home covered in muck. Somebody at the Coronation Street like um, script writing department hates builders and thinks they're all absolutely crap and none yeah. of them know what they're talking about because can you imagine if you like you wanted an extension built and you hired people and then Leo 
Paul and Daniel turn up. <laughs> and they're all standing around going, well, I didn't know how to do it. I thought you knew how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. What do you? What should we do? I don't know. Put concrete down? How do you make concrete? <laughs> I know. Do you have to make it level or do you put bricks on it and then you level the bricks? I'm not sure. I did find it hilarious how um, everybody in the pub, apart from Leo, found this highly amusing that he was... Um, covered in I wouldn't think it was funny poo. if you walked into a pub that serves food and drink covered in human excrement <laughs> um, so he gets kind of knocked and then goes also, off to if I was, if I was Jenny I'd be like do you know that there's a side entrance yeah that's true why do you need to parade through the bar <laughs> yes good point point. and also do they not have houses good job they didn't have the health inspectors in yeah can you imagine hmm um, anyway, so he goes upstairs to get himself showered and um, she finds him in the back room later. And um, she says, oh, I can see you've not been yourself lately. You really want to go to Canada, don't you? And I was like, yes, Leo, you do what want Canada to go job? to Canada. What job is this? Please go to Canada. He's always wanted to go to Canada. Special job in Canada for Leo. Ever South Park. So Leo says, yeah, you know what? I have. I've always wanted to go to Canada. It's been my dream and everything. Um, yeah. It's so fresh and exciting. It's a br- He says, he kind of... Um, that's a bit of a dig about Britain being a bit pants and naff doesn't well, he it well he kind of insinuates that Canada's brilliant new Canada. and the UK's old and rubbish it's like ask the Talk indigenous history. people that live in Canada how old it is I think they'll have a different <laughs> opinion to you very true um, he just says yeah uh, Canada's brilliant I, I do actually want to go um, Jenny what says, does he think in Canada I want him to be more specific honestly I want to hear him talk about how much he actually if likes Canada. If he wants Canada. Tim Colton so much, there's one just up they the just, road. They just opened I've a, been there. They just opened a brand new one there too. Did in Manchester, they? but even bigger one. Oh, brilliant. Um, anyway, he, he says... He wants some Timbits and nobody's going to stop him. He says, I love Canada, but I love you more. Oh, wow. Which is... Um, and she and I don't want to lose you. And Jenny says, oh, Leo, I love you too. Which is why you need to get on the phone and tell them you've changed your mind. But I can't come with you. So she's basically saying, you go off to Canada... Uh, but I can't come with you. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm too old. I'm too. I love my pub too much. I, I I'm not, can't go to Canada. I can't make a big change in my life right now. Um, but I couldn't forgive myself for standing in your way. So Leo, off you pop. Um, and so translation. Uh, if you like Canada that much, why don't you go and live there? Yes. So Gemma can see that Jenny's in a bit of a <laughs> in a bit of a mood later on in the pub, and Jen, Gemma says, "Look, why don't you, why don't you just go for it? Try it out, you know." Trial period. Can, yeah, trial trial period in Canada. I can look after the pub, and Jenny's just snaps Jenny's her like, and says, I'm, "I'm not going. Not leaving you That's in that. charge." So um, later on, Jenny's downed a few more of the old vinos again. Leo comes and tells her that he's told the Canadians about changing his mind. Jenny says. You're going to have a great life out there, Leo. Leo says, I'll miss you so much, but I can't stay here, though. Um, it's going to be too painful. And he goes to pack. What does that mean? Um, I, d- I don't know. I can't remember. I just wrote some Have notes they broken here. up? Um, yes, they have broken up by the end of Wednesday's episode. Good. Indeed, they have. Wonderful. But it's all the change on Friday. Oh, bloody Rita and Gemma there was stick a really their oars nice, in. There was a nice scene between... There was a few nice like mother-daughter Rita. scenes this week. Right <laughs> now, with Audrey and Gail, Rita and Jenny. I've changed. I've totally got... Like, it's just taken me, like, two weeks to do... To, to figure Rita out after all these years. After so... Decades of this woman being on the show, I've finally realised that she's actually an evil, <laughs> manipulative, narcissist. Well. Yeah. She's <laughs> she's like, I know, let's watch the world burn, Gemma. Let's just, let's make them get back together again. Well, first we have to have Rita and, and Jenny. Jenny's putting a bit of a brave face on it all and saying, look, I love, I love the pub more than I love, love Leo. I'll be fine. 
He's gonna have a great time out there. I've had a brilliant time with this with this young buck here, but um, I've got no intention of moving away to a country where I don't that I don't know, don't know who anyone is. And Rita's like, well, yeah, no, just go, you won't be on your own for I long. I don't know any, I don't know who anyone in Canada is. Well, you might know Justin Trudeau. That's one. <laughs> There's loads of people that are actually secretly Canadian. Yeah, I know. So, Alana, you know Alanis Morissette? Yeah. She's Canadian. Racking it up. That's two. Um, and then there's... The uh, Queen. She's the Queen of Canada. That's three. She, is she Canadian? No. Is she honorary Canadian? No. Okay. Well, so. that's two. Back to two then. Jenny has a bit of a sad, doesn't she, at the end of the sit? Mm. She does. She's kind of all kind of full of bravado while Rita's there. But when Rita leaves, Jenny just kind of collapses a little bit. Well, that was very yeah. Good, very nicely done. So Rita starts plotting with Gemma later in her backyard about how they're going to get this whole thing sorted. And Gemma's insistent that Jenny wants to go with Leo and and, and Rita's like, oh yeah, she probably does actually. I, I was wrong. Because she kind of says, well, I didn't want Jenny to go. So when she said she didn't want to go, I just believed her. I went along with it because it was more convenient for me. But you're right, she does want to go out with Leo. Wow, what a hunk. Yeah, So hubba, hubba. Um, Leo goes and hands in his notice at the yard. Oh, what? Oh dear. Ed's like... You've been here a day, <laughs> and the last thing you did was cover yourself in poo. I think you I'll won't find, be missed. I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be able to... Forgive me if I don't give you a carriage clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gemma um, spots this and uh, from the kebab shop, and she's, she stages this intervention between Rita and her and Leo in the Rovers later, where... Um, Rita says to to Leo, "Oh, Jenny's been rejected all her life. He needs to make you need to make her feel secure. Um, at you least once feel, by you, feel Rita. Like you're committed to her. Yeah, I know. Um, you need to persuade her to let you take her over to Canada. Yeah, but he also she also uses the word commitment or committed. Yeah, and that sets his little this brain does, in it gear, does doesn't it? it? It gets the like little little bells ringing. How do I head. show commitment to a woman? Mm. So I'm gonna give her my Netflix password. Meanwhile, 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 Stephen is in the Rovers with Sarah Lou, and he's still trying to work on this this amazing um, venture. idea venture that Sarah Lou's got. And he's like, "Oh yeah, just if you if you present <laughs> some figures to Carla, then maybe That's she'll just Scottish. be wowed by it." And she's she'll, like, "Uncle Stephen, time. you know how like when you buy underwear." And you're a lady. There's always a, you can have a set, right? And you can buy your pants and your and your bra at the same time. I was thinking, what if we invented a third piece of underwear that you needed for women? <laughs> what? But I don't know what it could be. I don't know what it could go under. Like, could we do like maybe a kind of a bracelet for your stomach, or maybe some kind of attachment that attaches your bra to your pants in case you lose them? <laughs> He's like, yes, Sarah. Whatever, whatever. You're so smart. <laughs> he she's, says, she's like, wait, maybe we should do socks because really they're underwear, aren't they? You wear them under things. Yeah, they're under your shoes. So I'm gonna do. think. I'm gonna suggest that we extend the matching underwear to involve socks, so that when people go out, they're like, oh, go make sure I've got matching underwear and socks in case I get hit by a car. And then I go to the hospital and they might, they won't... I hope Carla's listening to this because I think you're just talking yourself into a job here. I, I, I'm, and also we should make multicoloured sports bras. Yes. So, Stephen says, says is saying to Sarah Louise basically, keep trying to get money, please, um, because I really think this is a goer. And Sarah's like, no, we really, really can't. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's like, but Uncle Stephen, you haven't even asked me what my idea is. And he's like, it's irrelevant. It I matter. mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
then he kind of then he notices Jenny looking a little bit worse for wear behind the bar. I can't remember how it, how it comes up, but um, Sarah says about yeah, she's the owner of the pub. She's been. She's well, he makes a, a joke about later. her drinking the profits, and she's like, "What?" Is she doing oh yeah, yeah. Her? She's she's getting she a bit, owns a place. He's like, tipsy, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. So he's now set his sight on a new target. Yeah. So he goes over to her. Oh, well, before he does, he so he says to Sarah and Louisa, "What's the name of the, the one of the young barmaids?" And she's like, oh, "Daisy or Gemma." And um, he, he goes up to De- Jenny and is like, hey, Daisy. And, uh, yeah, she's like, he... hey, my name's not Daisy. What does he say? Oh, one of the guys I overheard the other day saying that there's this young sexy barmaid no, called Daisy. No, he said Daisy. the sexy one's called Daisy. The sexy Daisy. one's called Daisy. And, like, and I thought what? they were talking about you. I didn't want you to think I'm a pervert, but you look like a right goer. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, do you know what? I am. I am. I'm a bit of a goer, actually. <laughs> yeah, he says, I don't want to sound like a bit of a lech. And then he gives the most lecherous eyebrow raise, doesn't he, at the end of the scene when she, because she, she kind of likes the attention. She's a bit flattered by uh, by it. And she goes off to the back and he just gives her like, oh. See, what is his plan? Like, what, he's obviously realised that she's got money. But but Stephen is such a rubbish villain that I can only imagine his his grand plan is to steal the the drippings out of the drip tray and pour them off into a, a flask. And I that don't way know he, what he wants to do. Is he just now gonna I try can and... drink for free forever? <laughs> is he just going to try and rob the tills, or is he like going to try and woo her and wed her and become her? He's just literally doing anything to get his hand on some quick cash, but it's not really that quick. This particular plan is it? <laughs> gonna be he's gonna be there with his arm in the in the um the, the slot machine trying to fall. oh that's it yeah he's gonna stay the night and then creep down and start playing the slot machine isn't it's they? gonna be like jenny just out of interest do you have the key for the um payphone i just wondered if i could i really like counting money and not stealing it ever but i've got loads of money myself <laughs> look at my look at this outfit my suit. this isn't 20 pounds worth this is like 100 easily <laughs> anyway 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 before long stephen's got jenny very very drunk at the bar um she's she's just likes enjoying the attention really isn't she i thought he wouldn't was, i thought it was kind of bad that jenny who seemed to be the only person on duty at the moment was, was bladdered. completely bladdered i don't think that's the best business practice i don't think that bet lynch would have been uh would have got up to that, that kind of nonsense but never mind we'll we'll uh, we'll forget that for now and um yeah so she kind of invites him out the back and she's all like she gives him the come hither eyes doesn't she well, and, she, uh, she treats him, him to some of uh, johnny's special whiskey <laughs> I know. She's like my husband. This, she's like, oh yeah, my, I, I got some special whiskey from my uh, partner's, and, and he's like, what, Leo? Oh no, that's one before that, Leo. Leo's one next one. I, know. I was. Well, you we can said be, that Liz McDonald was the trollop, but you know, I'm going for like three, at least three guys in a year. So, you 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 do. Before long, she's planted a big old smackaroo on his lips, and. Just on cue, Leo arrives at the Rovers. I was expecting him to burst into the room at that point, but um, no. no, he just came into the pub. But he has got an engagement ring for for young Jennifer here. Lovely, because he's taken um, the, the, the the words about commitment a little bit too seriously. And it was in the tackiest box, wasn't Don't it? Don't be rude. It was in a horrible but heart shaped box. Come on. Um, so he's he's there, and and uh, Jenny, uh, Gemma, and Sean are like, what the heck is going on here? Um, so, um, Sean's trying to put Leo off because 
I think he I saw that okay. Jenny went into the back room with Stephen, although he's digging for details later in the episode, isn't he? So I don't think he knows exactly what was going on there. Gemma doesn't realise that Stephen's with Jenny at this point, though, so she, she's like, oh, forget about having a whiskey. Go, go out the back and, and see Jenny right now. Now, Jenny, meanwhile, is just about to drag Stephen upstairs when Gemma blunders in, sees what they're up to, closes the door behind her and is like, oh, Leo, don't worry, Jenny's not... Oh, yeah, she said she was going to have a shower, didn't she? So he heads back to the bar um, just to, to wait for Jenny to get back. Jenny kind of hurries Stephen out of the back uh, room before staggering into the bar because she's still absolutely trolleyed at this point. <laughs> And then we get Leo's proposal. And if, if ever you wondered, is Leo meant to be a massive dullard dope head, then this, this speech was it, wasn't different. it? No, I know, I didn't mean that. Um, just a dope then. Just this dopey. speech that you gave is pr- proposal. Like even, a, he, he's just going on about rugby, isn't he? He's like telling them his life story of being a rugby player. And even Sean at one point's like, has he forgotten what he came in for? Which I thought was a great line. And then and then when Leo comes to do the proposal in, uh, itself, he kneels down on the floor and holds the behind ring the up bar. behind the bar. He's like, oh, can you still see the ring here? So absolutely. I love that so much. We are supposed to be thinking that Leo is a total donor no, at this point. this would still be sweet. Not a hopeless romantic. No, yeah, but no, no, this would be sweet if you liked, if you wanted Leo and Jenny to get together. You'd be like, oh, he's so lovable and dumb. Um, mm. And they were also playing Everything I Did It For You by Brian Adams. Were they? I think, I'm pretty sure they were. I have not heard that song for years. No. But I remember when I was in primary school, that was quite the hit. <laughs> so, um, they they so they're, they're engaged anyway. She she accepts, she accepts and then they go off to the the bistro to celebrate with Rita. Leo's on cloud nine at this point, but Jenny's just like she's she's oh, saying I've, I've been drunk all afternoon. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I didn't know whether she was apologising, whether she was saying, "Oh, I shouldn't have smogged Stephen," or I shouldn't have said yes to Leo, but. Um, um, she's like, I guess I'm going to Canada. <laughs> yeah, she has. Well, she's not going to learn a lesson, is she? <laughs> what? Okay. Anyway, Imagine. Um, Imagine. So they're, they're there in the bistro with Rita and, and Gemma and, and that lot. But then, uh-oh, in walk Stephen and Sarah. And um, so Jenny um, kind of pulls Leo, uh, Gemma sorry, to one side at one point and says, like, I really, really want to tell Leo the truth. I want to tell him about what happened with Stephen. And Gemma says, no way. You need to keep this quiet, missus. Um, and then Rita does a toast so that Leo can do it as his second naff speech of the evening. And again, that was written very much as like, usually every, every guy on Coronation Street can ad-lib Shakespeare almost, can't they, when it's turn to write a speech, uh, to, to read a speech. But Leo, no, he couldn't manage it. So um, it ends in a, in, in a toast and um, Stephen makes sure that he catches Jenny's eye when he's raising yes. a glass as well. Yes, he so does. He's, like, he's oh, up to, what is he up to? Yeah. Is he going to try and blackmail her? I don't know. Um, so anyway, they go back to the pub. This is when Sean's trying to dig for gossip with, with Jenny saying, oh, I smell the aftershave in the back room. And she's like, no, I'm not saying anything. You're not getting anything out of me, mister. But outside, meanwhile, Leo and Stephen are getting her chatting in the street. Um, this, is this is when, when Sarah, Sarah says, says the yeah. dumbest line I've ever well, heard I don't remember ever. what it was. Oh, I've got to find it because it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It was something along the lines of, because she's trying to say, oh, Stephen's Canadian. You're going to Canada. Maybe Stephen can help you over there in, in Canada. He can get you off on the, on the... She says, so Stephen has loads of factories, which I'm assuming use construction. <laughs> what are Assume you talking so. about? Yeah. Use construction. 
She knows all the lingo. What do She's you mean? Boss. They've already been constructed, you dopey cow. What do you, <laughs> what do you mean? Also, also, Leo's been in construction for two days. I can't remember. I he can't was remember a surveyor. He just he? looks at something and goes, that's not right. I can't Doesn't remember whether he all was, goes. Oh, that's going to fall down. A building before. I don't know. He's too boring. I'm almost certain, and I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't want to be corrected because this is too much fun. <laughs> that he just literally looks at things through a little honk and goes, "That's a straight line. That's yeah. what surveyors do." <laughs> so um, I'm sure they have them in Canada. They don't need you, Leo. Leo, they goes know back what's to straight line and what isn't. Leo goes back to the pub. Jenny's a bit like unnerved when she realizes that he and Stephen have been talking, and uh, even more so when he says, "Oh yeah, Stephen's a really nice guy. Actually, maybe we should have him over for a drink uh, next week, and he can tell me all about these jobs in Canada or something." Not only that, but he used the code word what? when Jenny and um, Stephen were canoodling. Oh yeah, they used the word discombobulate, and he then somehow Stephen drops us into conversation with Leo and Leo comes and parrots it back to Jenny and she's like, crikey, this might go wrong. <laughs> so what do you think the plan is now? Because I can only think that Stephen's going to try and blackmail her. I, that, that would make sense. I mean, if he hadn't... It wasn't the plan all along, but the opportunity has now arisen, hasn't it? Yeah, happy accident. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I think he should do it. I think he should try to blackmail Jenny because the more... Um, reasons we can give her to not go to Canada with boring Leo, the better. She's not going... I'm still, like, insistent that she's not going to go to Canada. I've said all along they're not going to get rid of... Not going to get rid of our Jenny. Um, well, certainly not to bo- to Canada. That's like... No, she's got to blow something up or, you know, yeah. or dangle something over the side of something. Yeah. Going to Canada is like... This is not her happy a, ending. That's a taxi exit, isn't it? It basically is, yeah. I was I was uh, very excited when she did have that snog with Stephen, though. It's like, yes! What's going brilliant. on? Because Leo's going to find out about yeah, that Yeah, go on, one Leo, day. walk in. There are no secret snogs that go un- there are no unfound secret out about on Coronation, on Coronation Street. Street, so... That's just kind of sealed it for me. I mean, I suppose the problem is she and Leo were on a break when um, when she did the snogging. So it's well, kind of maybe forgivable, I Leo's suppose. Leo's so dopey and desperate that he'd probably forgive her anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the other the other option is maybe uh, maybe Jenny and Stephen keep, keep having a secret affair behind, behind Leo's back. <laughs> don't, um... don't, don't think she would, but... Um, well, yeah, Stephen's not going to be able to to get Jenny's money um, the original way that he planned anyway. Whatever his plan was, which didn't, oh, oh, I'm dying to know what what it was. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm looking forward to this dinner party if, if, if it is going to happen. Party. Well, no, when when Leo says we should have Stephen round oh, for dinner, yeah. that could be delightfully awkward. Yeah, brilliant. With with Leo just going on like he's got no idea, and the other two giving each other looks, that could be a lot of fun. Who was it that was selling booze? Oh, is, was it selling booze in Victoria Gardens? Um, I don't remember. I just wonder if that was Stephen's idea. Like, he's he's going to befriend, like, um, bed, bed Jenny and then steal was, booze at the optics um, and then try and sell them in the, in the park <laughs> to, like, Rita. <laughs> probably buy them as well. Um... So that that could be fun. I hope that if that does happen, Daisy comes back for it because I think that um, where's Daisy gone? Well, she was at this I know she's hen, in Brighton. hen party in Brighton, Doesn't which seemed to last the whole week. I think that she was definitely missing from these scenes. They were 
all really, really fun scenes. Everything that happened in the Rovers this week, I thought was I know, was, it's so it's lovely great. to see proper factory scenes and proper Rovers scenes again. Yeah, but Daisy is... She's smart, and I think that she'd be super suspicious of Stephen. I don't think that she would fall for his charms quite in the same way that uh, that Jenny Jenny has done. Jenny was just kind of feeling low after coming out of this relationship, and um, but but Daisy's Daisy's very astute, and I think that she would see Stephen straight away for for what he is. Um, so yeah, I, I hope she's back next week. Um, Anything. <sighs> The only other, I mean, just like, do you think that, do you think it happened too quickly that Jenny dropped her drawers nearly for, for Stephen? Nah. It's funny, like, we're very, it's... um, you know, when, when... If she does it for comedy, it's fine. When she slept with Ronnie Bailey, <laughs> when she was still married to Johnny, we were outraged by this. And now when she almost <laughs> does the same you, thing was with Stephen yeah, I was pretty outraged at that, but now she's doing exactly the same thing. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not consistent, but um, I have good reason to be pleased for for Stephen and Jenny to be snogging because well, I don't, don't like Leo. I wish we could talk about these that story and Stephen's antics all day long. He's my favourite. He's a lot of fun. I just feel bad, like he's just him he's... bumbling around, like just trying to get money in the most protracted manner possible. He's getting a lot of criticism online, but it, what? I I don't think people are enjoying his performance. But well, I I'm I just care. I'm enjoying I mean, the the silliness of it really, and the, and the thing... desperateness. I want to say too is that we um we saw the actor who plays him when we were at um the set along with lots of other people who were coming in and out, didn't we? Yes. And he is actually quite intimidating and, and tall. He is. He's, he's got a, he's a really a kind of big presence. And um, seeing him like throwing that bin around is like, he's actually really scary. <laughs> like he could just like go into the Rovers and just say, give me the till. And everyone would just like, just give him all the money and he could run away then. Yeah. Yeah. But what does he, so what's, what, what, uh, what's making him so desperate for cash? That's the other. That's one thing. What's and who's Gabrielle? This, Mrs. Gabrielle Reed. Who's that? Yeah, I wonder. That's going to be you know dropped on us in months' time, and they'll say, "Well, we did tell you. We told it's you about our, that. We haven't forgotten. Forgot. We haven't forgotten Coronation Street. Okay, yeah. we're prepared for Gabrielle's return. <laughs> Cardi. No, I'm alright. I'm all right. I'm quite warm myself. It's still pretty warm. It is September. It's yeah, still about twenty two degrees in here. On Monday, Ardy's getting fed up with Bernie's hoovering because she's been hired by Dev to be the cleaner, not the prostitute. Even though he really, really doesn't need one. (laughs) I mean, lady of the night. Um, Kelly comes around and they're keeping the engagement quiet from from everyone for now, but this competition is going to go public in a week. (laughs) Do you know what this reminds me of? What? Having a secret podcast. Oh yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? It's like, why are you keeping a secret? I don't really know, but it adds drama. <laughs> that was the that had the funny bit because Bernie was doing a hoovering with the headphones on, wasn't she? And then that's when Arjun's like, Bernie, we're going upstairs to have sex. <laughs> and she doesn't hear any of it. Oh. Arty. Arty, you dog. You've done it once, and now you. Now he thinks he's he's cock of the walk. Yeah, literally. 
what? Dev comes home to find Ardy and Kelly canoodling on the sofa and he's a bit stunned. And Ardy says, yes, things are quite serious, father. Looks like he's about to announce the engagement, but Kelly makes him stop. And she says, we need to break it to people gently. Uh, maybe we should arrange for a family meal at the bistro oh, <laughs> so we can break bistro. it to everybody. Ardy and Kelly go to the shop to tell Dev about the bistro plan. And they say it's going to be a good chance for Dev and Kelly to get to know each other better. And Dev tries to get out of it by saying he's got work to work late. And Kelly leaves going, it would be great if you could come. And Ardy says, look, Kelly's really making an effort. Why can't you? Maybe I'll move out. How do you like that? Evelyn eventually manages to persuade Dev to go to this meal. And Ardy and Kelly meet up with this journalist that's running the competition in the bistro before the meal takes place. And she's asking them about how their families are taking the fact that they're engaged and they're so young. They lie and say, oh, everyone's really happy about it. If I was Ardy, I'd be like, my mum's dead, actually. (laughs) Oh, write that down because that might get me through. My mum's dead. Her mum and her dad are dead. So sorry, you just struck a bit of a nerve. Can they not just win the competition now? Yeah. Sub story alert. Yeah. So they say, look... Just so you know, we're not actually 18. Um, yeah, because she's asked for their passports, doesn't she? Well, she's... Like, honestly, this drove me mad because it's like, actually, no, sorry, it's a legal requirement that you have to be 18 because you probably can't go on this trip without your parents' permission yeah. if you're not 18. But she's like, oh, do you know what? I'll bend the rules for you. Apparently, the law means nothing in Weatherfield. Well, no, she just she just says, the, as long as we get written permission from your parents... I thought that bit was stupid. Then it's okay. It's fine, don't worry about it. The, the writers are like... I know somebody's going to say something about her, them not being 18 online. I'm just going to write this in and then nobody can say anything. <laughs> but guess what? We still do. Later on, in, everyone congratulates, congregates in the bistro. Maria's not there yet because something's come up. Dev's not in a good mood. Kelly and Ardy are whispering, oh, don't say anything, don't say anything. But everything's a bit tense. Then Maria comes in and she's like, oh my God. You guys are engaged. I read this in the this article in the in the Gazette because it got published a week early, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I thought that was weird. Like, why did it get published early? How did that happen? And why was there? There didn't seem to be any kind of fallout from Ardy and Kelly to get, this journalist. Like, why, why have you done this? It I, I, it just seemed to be a bit of a Michael, quick why, way for it I to I don't understand why the journalist would be in trouble for publishing an article about people that are engaged. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was supposed to be a dark family secret when I specifically asked you how your family were coping with it and you told me that they were fine. It just seemed a little bit convenient that Maria found about it. And I think that we could have had the same kind of fallout with the family with them in- announcing it themselves. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did that, but I, I still thought it was kind of funny. And um, dramatic. Um, so everyone's up in arms. And Ardy's squirming. He's trying to explain how this all happened. And Dev's like, you're children. You don't know what you want. And then this is when Maria pipes up about being engaged to Tyrone at 17. And it was a mistake. Um, they're too young. Uh, Nina's, Nina's there. <laughs> I don't know why Nina's there. She just needs a hot meal, apparently. Um, she says, I believe you love each other, but you don't need a certificate or consent. To, to do that, that should be enough. So she's one of these people that doesn't believe in marriage. No labels. <laughs> um, Nina, you wait till you find out that you get to have a very special cover on a soap magazine if you have a wedding. If you're a soap character, 
you got to love getting you, married. You have, to get, you have to get married multiple times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, I don't think there's ever any soap Can you characters imagine? that yeah. are, that don't, are in that don't get married. How boring would the show be? Considering that, as, as we found out earlier this year, like more than 50% of couples don't get married these days. Oh, On terrible. Coronation Street... They all get 100%. married. It's more yeah. than 100%. It's like 300%. <laughs> you can't make a special episode out of no. not getting married, can you? How can, can we have you? a Friday episode if you're not going to get married? <laughs> so, um, Asha pipes up also that, that Ke- Kelly is the one who crushed the car. And then she's like, well, it was going to come out anyway. Dev is completely appalled at this point. Um, Dev, Dev takes Ardy away. So Gary and Maria have a bit of a calmer chat uh, with Kelly and they say, oh, you know, Gary's like, I'll I'll talk to Dev. (laughs) Dev Dev has a right go at Ardy and then Gary comes round and he says, look, Dev, come come for a beer, come for a chat with me in the pub. Um, I'm not, I I just want us to talk it through. And Dev's like, no, I don't want to. And then... De- Ardy's in a half, tries to walk past Dev. Dev grabs him and kind of like beats him to death on the staircase. Um, there's a scuffle. Ardy ends up getting pushed against the banister and has a bloody nose. And he says to Dev that he hates him and he's never coming back to live with him. And he, he goes huffing off to K- Kelly, who's in the Windass's flat. And Dev comes to the door and he says... Um, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm, I've been thinking of it through. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Ardy, come home. And Ardy says, no, I'm going to live here now until I find my own place. I'm never coming home again. Gary and Maria come home and they're, they're shocked because they suddenly have an extra teenage boy living there, which is not going to be um, helpful for keeping the bread and milk in the house, I'm sure. Hmm. Um, Gary says, you can stay as long as you want. So Gary and Maria have a chat about it over dinner later and says, um, those kids are never going to be able to have anywhere to live by themselves. Maria, I heard that they're building a new precinct that's been there for years. So <laughs> it's putting lots of very reasonably uh, inexpensive yeah, places to rent. Yeah. I mean, if um, Abby. Abby can live there, yeah. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure that two bright young things mm. can afford, especially considering Ardy is a high-flying manager at a series, a chain of of shops exactly. and, and takeaways so Maria's uh, like saying Gary why are you being so calm about everything here and he's like don't worry they're kids kids do crazy things it'll be fine he's also like look compared to some of the stuff I've got up to this is a small fry very true have they murdered anybody well one of them has yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like it's fine don't worry about it Kelly goes to see Ardy in the cafe and Kelly says I know what we should do we should go to Gretna Green. Artie's like, what's that? You dummy. I don't, I don't know whether it's a dummy thing or not. I think it's one of those things that like... It's very much of an era, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, and like, also, people are age like, oh yeah, going off to Gretna Green. That's definitely a thing that people do. But he's, he is yeah, but only see, 17. Maybe he wouldn't have heard of the it. The thing is about it is that to like me and all the people like where I live, the idea of going to Gretna Green is like a fantasy story about some crazy thing that you might possibly do because it's hours and hours and hours whereas if you live in manchester it's only two hours to get there so actually it's actually quite realistic yeah. but for like you know southern teens they'd have to go to <laughs> i don't know jersey or something <laughs> so they're gonna do, they're oh. gonna go and do a nick and leanne aren't they is the plan i'm not sure if people abroad know what gretna green really is gretna green is just the the nearest scottish 
um, village. So it's right on the border between England and Scotland. And the law in Scotland is different for marriage than it is in England. And I think you can get married in Scotland at 16 without, without parents' consent, permission. Yeah. So that's why characters will sometimes go there to do ill-advised things. Mm. <laughs> do you think they have like a, like a wise and old Scottish woman sitting there going, here we go, <laughs> another pair of stupid English kids coming <laughs> yeah. to ruin their lives. <laughs> I love to see it. <laughs> On Wednesday, Ardy's bit down in the dumps. Um, when Asha and Corey moved in, Dev was falling over himself to make things all right with them, but not this time. You know, think back, Ardy, you were the one left in the car to die. Exactly. So... Um, he's, he reckons the sooner they get to Gretna Green, the better. Meanwhile, Dev's also grumpy. He's telling Asher that um, he's done everything he can to look after them. Where's the time gone? I've lost my kids. He's forgotten about all the other kids that he has spawned and ignored. Yeah, just imagine like Amber walking through the door and he's and like, get out, I've got too much other drama going on in my life. Boring, leave me. Yeah, he has got far more children than just the two. So the fact that he feels like he's neglecting... His two is quite funny. Asher and Ardia, his special ones. Yeah, because ca- he really likes proper Anita. characters. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And his their mum was on was cast. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Asher's like, no, it's not true. Look, Ardia's gonna learn his lessons just like I did with Corey, and Dev's like, bloody hope not. That's expensive. <laughs> Interfering made things worse. I'm not gonna do that again. And Asher says, look, I'll, I'll go talk to. I'll go talk to them. So Asher goes around and tries to plead Dev's case to. Ardy and Kelly and she apologises to Kelly about dobbing her in about the car and Ardy says well I'm not going to go back home if, if dad can't accept Kelly and Asher says let's think about it so when Asher leaves Kelly tells Ardy that he's lucky he's got parents that care about him and he shouldn't be so quick to cut ties with them Ardy turns up at the shop and he returns Sunita's ring which is the ring that he gave to Kelly for the engagement ring and he says he makes out that he's called off the engagement but he's going to stay at the Windasses for a while and they hug. Dev thinks everything's okay, but little does he know that uh, Ardy is still planning to go to Gretna Green with Kelly. Yes, they have a final scene, don't they, where um, they're emailing the registrar at Gretna Green to say, mm-hmm. yes, one wedding, please. Although although Kelly didn't know how to pronounce registrar and pronounce it registrar. I've said many things wrong today. <laughs> This was fun. I mean, I'm still loving them as a couple, but they, they I mean, Dev's right that they're completely not ready to get married, considering that they hadn't been, you know, even an item a couple of weeks ago. I know, really, like, maybe if they had been, I mean, you can't really have been together for years when you're that young, but if they had known each other for, like, at least a year? Yeah. Maybe. Which is why I'm kind of really feeling sympathy for Dev here. Like, nobody's listening to him. I know. They're all just telling him it's going to be okay. But he's like, no, it really, it's not okay. I could be, out my, my boy here could be making them the, the biggest mistake of his life. Um, I, uh, I guess so. I guess I've just so. accidentally bumped into him and now he's got a bloody nose, which he didn't seem to want to wash the whole week because it I was know. still, still very, like very red the honor. next episode. He was. Um, yeah, I think... I think the only reason why you would be fine with this if, is if you thought marriage was a sham anyway, which is... Um, like Nina. 
yeah, a bit of a of, of a sad way mm. to encourage someone to get married. Like, yeah, yeah go on, it doesn't even matter. You can get just get divorced. I think it's cool that they're bringing up the Gretna Green thing because that, you're right. That is, it does tie into the kind of the fairy tale ness of it in a weird way, doesn't it? it it's does. like some kind of all having a secret, holding hands and skipping up to Scotland so yeah. we can get married away from our horrible. Um, and there'll be some kind of parent. mystical ancient Scottish tradition that I'll have to do, like eating some heather. Yeah. Or dancing over a broomstick or something, <laughs> and then we'll be married. It. I did think it felt a little bit less shocking than with Nick and, Nick and Leanne, though. I think because they they were the first ones to do it back in ninety seven. Well, I, I think, think it also was. with with Kelly and Arden, I'm like they're not going to go to Gretna Green. I don't believe this for a minute. Yeah, that is part of it, I suppose. Whereas it Nick doesn't and Leanne, feel like. like <gasps> yeah. Also, I mean, I I I would say that out of Kelly Ardy. Nick and Leanne, Ardy seems to have his, you know, seems to be the most sensible one. And it's like, you know, it's maybe he could make a thing out of this. It's, I as do ridiculous think, as it is, yeah. he's got his head screwed on. I Nick and Leanne did so. Nick was a total doofus, wasn't he? He was a drip. Adam, Rick, drippy Nick. Like, Adam, Nicky, Ricky, Dicky. What, what, what an idiot. <laughs> Uh, it was. Le- Leanne just like. Uh, well, look. Let's just talk about it. Nick and Leanne were like um, two opposites, weren't they? Yeah, they it were the Capulets Leanne, and the Montagues, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Leanne Battersby was common as muck, and Nick was like the golden child of Gail Platt, and she was completely aghast when she found out that they were together, and even more upset when she heard that they were going to go and get married or mm. wanted to get married. So the drama there was very much kind of like, oh, from the wrong side of the track, sort of a, you know, chalk and cheese kind of a thing. There was even that scene where um, she's getting her wedding dress and she, like, steals it from mm. the shop and he's just... Nick is completely shocked. Yeah. And um, with Ardy and, and Kelly, they honestly do feel way more mature, even though when I'm looking back and I can see Nick and Leanne when they were going to go to Gretna Green, they, they look up much older than Kelly and Ardy. Yeah, you're right. You're... Kelly and Ardy look like two little children to me because, yeah. cause, you know, I've seen them and they, they, are, they do look like their age. Mm. Um, I don't know how much... I think Nick and Leanne were very similar ages to their characters. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't understand. I think it must have just been... When my age, when I watched them first, yeah, yeah, and also the fact that they because they were they were they were our age then, weren't they originally? And when you're Nick, that Nick's age, you're like, I'm very sensible. Leanne's about our age. This is the like, sort of thing that we should be allowed to do. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I find that very but very it, interesting. It, it but I do funny... I do think that Ardy and Kelly could actually make a go of it because I think that um, they they're very sweet. And I f- also feel like they've had a lot of life experience that would lead them to perhaps forgive <laughs> in situations where others might not. Yes, that's very You've true. got to be quite forgiving to survive a marriage in a soap. Yeah. It's, it's funny that in both of the storylines, it's the boy who's like the golden child kind yeah. of going and being um, yeah. wooed away by this... Um, a rough woman. Yeah, well, basically. This is, you know, this is like the, the... This is the age-old story of like what, you know, the mother-in-law from hell who... Um, doesn't want her her beautiful son to be taken away. And this time, it's Dev, is the mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's um. So uh, and then you got um. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. What did you think of um Gary and Maria's reactions? To they were just like not bothered. 
Like, Maria's like, I strongly advise against it, but I, I liked how harm. I liked how Maria mentioned her engagement to Tyrone as well. Because we, you even put a tweet out, didn't you, oh. about it? And then literally within minutes later, Maria as had I was, mentioned As I was it. writing it, she yeah. said it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to post, post it, it anyway. So that was cool that she, that, that she has also had experience of young love that didn't necessarily go um, the way that they dreamed it would. Mm. Um, but yeah, Gary's just like, oh, whatever. I think the thing is Gary's not her dad and there's a there's a um an element of of being removed from the situation where he's not responsible for her particularly and I think he probably thinks I don't know that I can really stop them from doing anything that they want to do so the best thing is to just support them and see make sure they're safe so you know it's just like look Get married if you want to. Here are some condoms. <laughs> Do you <laughs> know what I mean? just glad that safely. Kelly would be moving out because he's been worried about her being underneath their roof all this time and potentially uncovering the dis- uh, the, the shocking revelation that he was the one that killed her dad. And I was like, oh yeah, off you go. Go and live with Ardy. I just think that it's probably more sensible to support somebody who you think is doing something crazy because um, they will probably not listen to you and you can be there to help pick up the pieces when it inevitably goes wrong. Mm. It's probably more loving to try to stop them, but I don't think that it it's a strategy that works very often. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Like I I would be I would probably be more like Gary. Mm. Like if you're going to do it, do it. It's not a good idea though. Yeah. It also reminded me a bit and I can't remember exactly what everyone's reaction was, but when um Stephen and Vicky got married, Back, right, in the, yeah. back in the mid-90s. and, and Now Alec... there you go. See, there's, she's the golden child there and he's the bit rough. Yes, that's true, actually. If you want to get married young on Coronation Street, you've got to have one rough one. <laughs> and I think, with the McDonald's, were they more supportive than the Gilroy's? What? Well, well, Alec brilliant. was like was schemed against it, didn't he? He was yeah, able if... to talk them out of it. If you're Liz, you're like, yes, free horse. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> um, so What was that horse's name? Saracen. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I found this very, very fun. I was a bit disappointed that it didn't turn up on Friday's episode. I just love them as a couple. I think Ardy and Kelly are just really, really cute. gorgeous and very cute together. unexpectedly sweet yeah. pairing there. Yeah. Um, and I think we said this many, many times before, but Corey really can do it when they want to. I think sometimes they think they don't need to put so much effort in because it will happen inevitably over time. Mm. But I'm telling you, it doesn't it happen doesn't. inevitably. It doesn't. Sarah and Adam are still like just roommates. Yeah, I, I love them. It's just the, 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 the kind of naivety and the, the first love and, Aww, and optimism. Very, Remember very that? Sweet. Remember feeling happy about what could happen in the future? Mm. So do you think, um, I I just can't see them going up to Gretna Green. Something's going to get in the way and stop them, isn't it? Don't get me wrong. I would love to see an on-location Gretna Green uh, ill-advised wedding. Yeah. I think probably Gretna Green are like, we're putting a ban, a ban, a blanket ban on media appearances in which two people who shouldn't get married come to Gretna Green. (laughs) It's bad for business. We want to associate ourselves with love and romance and enduring marriages, not crazy ex-cons and weirdo <laughs> golf boys coming. So do you think that they're going to just try and sneak off there like Nick and Leanne did? Or are they going to... Like, because Dev currently thinks that 
Everything's not hunky-dory. The gaze. Yeah, I, I guess, I, I suppose it wouldn't take much for him to be able to convince, uh, to him to speak to Gary and Maria and them say, no, the engagement's still on. Or do they think it's off? I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. I'm not sure that we intrigued. I'm, I'm, I can wait. I hope, I hope that the story's back next week because it's another... I'm, this is what I was saying earlier. It's been, it's been a really, on the whole, enjoyable week. Yes, there was a bit of summer, but that was only Monday. Um, it's Aww. been cool. Um, and then you got Toya's storyline coming along, <laughs> which feels like it's been very, very quiet for a long time. Um, oh, so yeah. Toya, she's on a mission this week, isn't she? she she's is. to save the planet from the evil... Um, n- Nadim Atala. Adele Dazim. Notorious polluter and climate terrorist. Is that what she... Oh, I do. No, it was known polluter. Known I love polluter. that. I love the He's way a she's known like. Polluter. I love the. I love the use of the word known. It's like she's not gonna. She's not gonna give up on the idea that everyone could be doing it, but she knows for a fact that he is. I want them to have the next scene that they have at Weatherfield Police Station. Behind the desk is a picture of this guy that just says "wanted known polluter." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and so- also the fact, like, honestly, we aren't we all. That's what makes me laugh about this. She's Does Toya think that because she has a bag for life and she rinses out her plastic <laughs> that she's not a known polluter? Right. So Toya's getting a chat with Peter on Wednesday's episode. And um, because he, she, she, he's she's been a bit of... Um, she's pariah. Yeah, she is. That's what that's Pariah Carey. Yes. Yeah. She was there uh, because she's been doing a. She's defending him, ran and. Well, because she, she, ki- she killed, killed a man. Him apparently and everything. Peter's like, I don't think you killed him. Do you? I, I know what you're like. You wouldn't do that. I know you're a bad driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he has to have lunch with her later, and then um, this is when Toya goes off, and Carla comes bouncing over to him, all excited that she's got this meeting with potential supplier. Known <laughs> and she's like, this will wipe the smile off Sarah and Stephen's faces when I work with her and not Sarah's... I think it's a man. This guy idea. Yeah, sorry, him, yeah. Um, so, Peter and Toya meet up and Toya's kind of talking to him about some of the protests. Did you and... hear that? Did you hear what happened today? What? Some people, was it Extinction Rebellion, glued themselves to the speaker's chair. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no, I didn't. Emily Bishop. Wouldn't I think it, I think that I think it's great. <laughs> I love seeing what they get up to. I think so, that Toya should. What should Toya glue herself to? The calling boy. Oh yeah. And if you like, no more updates of news. <laughs> no one's going to find out that there's a fate on Saturday because <laughs> I'm going to glue myself to the boy. Well, it could happen because it's outside the factory, isn't it? Um, so Nina's there. She's kind of showing an interest in it all as well because she likes protesting. Well, she likes the planet too. She does. She loves this planet. And then Spider and Griff arrive. Yeah. Um, and Peter's like saying, oh yeah, well, it's all very well saying that you, you're protesting and everything, but you know, you'll never beat the system. Um, excuse me, Peter. You're the one that was ranting on about this, um, surgeon trying to... Oh yeah, Thorn. Do you think he's learned that he can never beat Thorn and that everything's rigged I can't against him? Because this were left is a very strange thing for him Did to be Thorn saying. Get beaten or is he all right? Because at the end? yeah, what happened with that? I can't remember. But, but Peter was railing against the idea of the injustice inherent in the system, and now he's like, "Well, whatever." Yeah. Who? Everyone's just gonna die. It's fine. So when Peter goes, Griff explains 
Um, because because Peter says something like, I can't even remember how... I've got to go because my, my wife's got an appointment with Adele Dezine. There's something like and that. And Griff's like, I know who I that know. is. Yeah, Griff and Spider kind of give each other looks. <laughs> and then when Peter goes, they explain to, to Toy that he's a massive, evil, polluting capitalist kind of guy. Great. And so Griff wants to rally the troops to protest against him. And when he comes... <laughs> Um, having a meeting with Carla next week, they're gonna they're gonna wave, wave their I fists just, at him and shout some say, rhyming, rhyming protest songs. The only way I can get through this is to completely divorce the idea that we are actually killing the planet, and horrors await us, and unimaginable horrors that we've already seen the beginnings of now, because it does depress me. I dwell on it quite a lot, more than it is healthy. It keeps me up at night, and I don't really know what can be done about it. But I have completely divorced that reality from this story because because it's so stupid and fun and I don't want to I don't because I really I like I said I really think that we do need to do some stuff but I just don't think that fanning about with with placards is good well in the show I think in real life we should protest but this is this doesn't feel to me like a serious story and maybe I'm I know wrong. it's bad and it's just the same with Maria who is surprisingly not doing anything during this storyline like why is Maria not interested in this in the slightest when she couldn't shut her up about climate change earlier it's weird how but... many characters are in the show that have had very serious stories about you know their beliefs about the planet like Roy Nina um, you know, Roy's conservation with bats and stuff, you'd think that that might come up, Maria, talking about the uh, um, the bypass and things like that. It just feels quite disjointed. Yeah, I just think it's bad that it is made to look like a bit of a joke. Like, mm. Maria going on about it earlier this year, there weren't very many people that were saying, yeah, go Maria, oh, amazing scene. It just kind of felt like Maria was being a bit of a nag. And I'm yeah. getting the same vibe from Toya. It she just seems feels to like... Be, she's been a bit crazy, isn't she? It feels like if you were going to write propaganda to put people off of um, being environmentalist, this is what it would look like. Yeah, but I don't. Does. I genuinely I don't really think bad. that's the intention. I think Coronation Street, like, they, they have their commitments to, you know... The green. Green, the green being a green things. producer or whatever they are, they call themselves. Yeah. And I think any everybody, you know, who's sensible... I'm sorry if that offends you, m- realises that we have to do something. Not everybody knows what to do, but these characters just kind of being sanctimonious. It's hard because it's sanctimonious, mm. isn't it? I think it's I think it's just that knee-jerk reaction that people get when they think they're being judged. That's it. It's not... Yeah. It's like the same way that people get about religious people or the same way you get about someone who might be vegan or something. It's not them doing anything wrong. It's just that you feel like you're being judged by them because you, you know that by their, their kind of standard or way of living, you are actually quite a horrible person, mm, mm. you know? Um, anyway, so Toya... So by... I'm, just, I'm just ignoring that. Yeah, Toya seems to be being convinced by the end of Wednesday's episode um, because they're, they're planning to ambush this guy when he arrives at the factory. Um, she 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 needs a bit of convincing because she thinks that Toilet doing does, yeah. doing this on her own doorstep isn't the best idea, despite the fact that she was protesting right outside her doorstep <laughs> just a couple of months ago. Um, so and Spider seems like he's really trying to put Toya off of doing this, isn't he? Well, he's worried that she's going to 
it's going to affect her affect trial. Her trial. But I mean, there, there's got to be more because we know that Spider's got a big secret or something. He's he's up to something, isn't he? He's up to something dodgy. He had that that phone call a couple of weeks ago. So whatever's going on there, he but doesn't Griff want, doesn't care. Doesn't Griff's want like, Toya to get in trouble. Let's ex- expose this guy and his unethical working practices, which we are never going to fully explain to the viewer. Mm. Well, he's got like, didn't they say that he's got sweatshops abroad or? But that's or not the same like as being this. a polluter, is it? I think it's a bit of everything. He's just really awful. Yeah, he's all round wrong and really. He's gonna be yeah, wrong end of the year this year for sure. Because really, you'd think, I would say that Toya and and Spider and Griff would say it's better to exploit human beings than the planet. So you should, having a <laughs> having a sweatshop is better. Yeah. Than polluting the sure. planet. Right, Friday then, so Griff's scoping out the factory. Griff scoping out the factory at the beginning of the episode and and Spider and Toya are kind of loitering around as well. Leanne's also scoping out Griff, going, what's that dirty hippie doing outside? (laughs) What's 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 he up to now? Leanne is an agent of the man. Yeah, so she she asks Toya about it in the bistro later and Toya says, oh... This is where this is where she says that Carla's doing business with climate terrorists. Isn't she? she and just using words like that just makes her sound like a nutcase, doesn't it? I feel really bad it's for her. It's difficult because you know these these overblown kind of hyperbolic um, phrases do put people off. But is it not the truth? I know. I, like you know, how can that's you why really we can't win? But I also come back to the idea that. Um, you know, you, you hear people getting criticised, like, oh, Taylor Swift's, Taylor Swift's um, private jet did 200 trips last year. Oh, so terrible. Oh, and look at all these people going to climate change um, meetings in, in, their, in their limousines and mm. whatever. But you think, well, yeah, but compared to some poor people that, you know, live, they, they sort of live in the, the place they were born and they... They don't have a car. They don't have a computer or a phone or anything. We're also evil polluters who yeah. are, are killing the planet. Mm-hmm. We're killing the planet just as much. I thought you were going to say that you got some people like that and you got some people like Taylor Swift and it balances itself out. Yeah, Taylor Swift versus Adele Dazeem. <laughs> so Toya, as, as if as if she need, needed to prove any more that she wasn't a crazy environmental nutcase, marches into the factory saying to Carla, do you know about this Nadim guy, about his unethical working practices and about how he's polluting the planet? And, oh, there's going to be consequences if you work with him. And Carla's like, I don't care. Sod off. You don't even work here anymore. I like, <laughs> I like how she said you're trespassing as well, by the way, because there seems to be a revolving door on that factory where anybody can walk in whenever they want to talk to someone. Can I just the say... The moment Toya, somebody who was an ex-employee and maybe has got some reason to be there, as soon as she walks in, she's accused of trespassing. Unfair. I just want to say that I've, I've worked out what Sarah's amazing business plan is. What? Get a receptionist. <laughs> yeah, somebody who can decide who is and isn't allowed. <laughs> somebody who stops people walking in willy-nilly and like distracting all the workers for hours on end. Yeah, production are going through about, the ceiling. If uh, about if climate they terrorism. Have, yeah, all these and also, somebody go and get cakes for the cake run. Yeah. Anyway, so um, she, she, and she kind of says, look, you're still hanging around with all your crusties though. And Toy's like, oh, oh how dare you. How dare you. Um, so she kind of clops off. Um, and then she gets together <laughs> with Spider and Griff and says, you know what, Carla doesn't even care about who she's working with. Let's have a protest about it. And Griff's like, yeah, protest, I love them. Spider says, Toya, I don't think you should get involved. At first, he kind of says, 
to Griff that Toy is a liability, doesn't he? He yeah. kind of well, insults her to um, to try and put her off. And she's him like, off, yeah. Yeah, him off, sorry. And then she's like, well, that, why, why are you calling me that for? And Silence Spider says, look, I'm just trying to protect you. Griff's going to get you in trouble. So he's well, kind of... Uh, Toy is like, I thought Griff was your friend. So there's clearly... Uh, some kind of yeah. tension. Yeah, Griff... I think Griff believes that Spider is 100% his friend. But whatever the secret is that Spider's got, he doesn't trust um, Griff. So... I think there's... I think that... Oh, going back to what we were saying about how how this is difficult um, to sympathise with, the thing is, there's a lot of black and white thinking going on here, isn't there? At no point are, are Toya and Co saying to Carla, I understand you're in a difficult position, and um, Carla's not saying anything like, look, I've got to go with Adele Dazeem because I can't afford these fancy eco, you know, organic cottons or whatever it is that you want me to, to buy. People aren't people can't afford to buy pants that are made, mm. you know, with completely pollution-free. Do you know how much that would really cost? We're going into a recession. People can't afford to eat. They can't afford to spend extra money on these luxury goods that are that yeah. are guilt-free. And, and they don't seem to have spoken to themselves about this, going, you know, how can we put pressure on this business to, to do what we ask them to do um, without... I know they want to protest, but they haven't gone, look, here's another person who, who might be able to supply you with something. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no Everyone's just really black and white. And unfortunately, Carla, with her back, black and white thinking equally, is still the status quo. So it's easier to sympathise with Carla because she's doing what we all do, not caring about it or even giving it a second thought. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then Spider as well, he's probably like, I've only got one pair of pants anyway, so yeah, why do we even them. need to buy pants? Don't need to. Uh, the, the thing is, this is not really a story about the environment, is it? This is a story about Toya and yeah. and, uh, and, and Spider and, and what's up with and that. The trial and everything, um, yeah. But you, I just, I would, would have thought that Corey would have. I don't know. I mean, there is a long heritage, isn't there, of um, of climate protesting and environmentalism on Cranish Street with these characters in particular. I just think it was easier to sympathise with them when they were just sitting up a tree like like a bunch of Well it feels like hobbits if, if if this story had an Emily character or a Roy character or a really beloved level headed person on Toya's side to make her look a bit, you know, less crazy. It's because she's being isolated by everybody. Yeah. And even Leanne, her sister, is like you're you're batty. Yeah, right. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, Spider says, "Look, he, they, this is when he tells Toya he loves her." And yeah, I, I, know. Oh, I know. I was like, "Michael, Michael!" Is there going to be another snog after the well, Jenny and Stephen snog? She leans in to kiss him. Yeah. And then he rejects her. God, runs belly cold. And leaves. I know. He get yeah. He gets all a little bit awkward, and then he's not not answering her texts and everything. I think I think Toya's having a mental break. She totally is. She really is. Well, she I goes mean... off and tells Leanne about it, and then she's <laughs> like, Leanne's like, "What's everyone gonna think?" And she and Toya's like, yeah, I don't, like "What I are don't you care. getting yourself into?" I don't then care. Toya says to Leanne, "You should bar Carla from coming into well, the Well, she says you should bar Carla Barla. <laughs> and Leanne's like, "You are ridiculous. We're adults." She she's like saying maybe all all of that climbing oh, up a tree say? stuff was great when. When, when you were 16, 17. But yeah, now that, that she says you're, you're, for, if you're 40. Yeah, what did you, you wrote that uh, earlier? You're didn't 40, you? on bail, jobless, and kipping in our spare room. Yeah, she says. Can they... I just say at least one of those things is your fault, actually, <laughs> to the Anne? Which one? 
she's kipping in the room. Oh, yeah. She told her to do it. She says, maybe sort your life out first and then the rest of the world. And Toya kind of leaves and rushes off down the cobbles well, on the phone. Was, Toya's right here because she's like, I think she says something like, it's more important now than it even was then. Yeah, she did. Everything she's saying is right. Yeah, she's not but wrong. But she's not saying it in a, in a way that's making her look level-headed. When Leanne was saying, sort your life out, we're, we're grown up now, I was like saying, yeah, Leanne, you kind of got a point there. <sighs> she, and it, and it, a, a lot of this is just a bit of a distraction technique because she's got this horrible trial coming up, which, you know, who's going to... Who I do that think a lot of that on the is... Horizon? I think she's just out of control. Like, she can't control what happens in the trial. She's lost the love of her life. She is adrift in the world. But she can definitely control, you know... She can go and demand things and Carla ignores her and she's thinking, this is another thing that I can't... I don't have any control over. But then she's thinking, no, actually, I can, I can. I can stop Carla from doing this. I can show her that she's wrong and I'm right and maybe that is a substitute for writing all the other wrongs in her life mm. but i mean it, honestly if you if you look at like this you know the the time scale of the, the world and um you know it, it which has been around for billions of years and you think about how important it is whether toy is going to get banged up for going for killing imran or you think about whether it's important that the planet's going to set itself on fire it's a bit more important that she stops this planet from setting on fire isn't it yeah. really yeah, it I, it's just it's bad that like you can you can sympathise with what Leanne was saying there. Like when Spider and Toya were younger, it felt like oh yeah maybe they could change the world and they're, and they're full of hope. And now Spider really does just look like a sad old hippie, doesn't he? He's still there in his in his tatty old um, costume, and it, he he looks like a, a sad washed up old no hoper. He's like you're not going to save the world, are you, Spider? You're mean. But uh, but it's bad that when when you know, you get to an age where maybe you might be able to do something. People think that you have been childish and a fantasist for thinking that we can save the planet. Well, look, and the children are all about saving the planet, aren't they? They love, they love the it in environment. Just children in general, like yeah, go planet. We're yeah, gonna save we the planet. Like but yeah, exactly. We were like it too. And then you kind of get no, old, and you get to the age where maybe you could do something, and you get kind of you think like, oh, I'm too old about it now, or you feel sad for doing it. But can I just say that as children, we did save the planet. Because our main problems were the hole in the ozone layer and acid rain. We did, you're right. And we solved both those problems. Hole in the ozone layer. And now it's your turn, children. Yes, we fixed that right You can sort out the carbon crisis. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um... Anyway, so so Toya kind of uh, she she very um, she does her own stunts, doesn't she? Yep. Sprinting down those cobbles. That is a phone in one hand, so ankle, she's not even looking where she's going. Ankle sprain waking. It totally to is, and, uh, and she catches Griff outside the uh, the tram station. And is like, I will do whatever it takes to help you. Yes, I am up for protesting. Well, this was Let's quite significant because she's meeting Griff secretly against against Leanne and Spider's yeah. um, advice. Because she thinks that this is more important. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, is, uh, is Spider is Spider going to be part of this protest on Monday? He seemed like he was... He seemed like he was up for it, but just didn't want Toya involved, didn't he? So, yeah. But, but, but there's, there's something funny going on with him, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely... But he loves her. I, so I, if he really does love her, then he's. I think he's just trying to stop her from going and getting arrested when she's on bail. Yeah, because yeah. it seems obvious to me that um, that when when uh, Toya's saying, I'll do whatever it takes, 
you know, there's a sort of insinuation there that perhaps Griff has some um, some tactics in mind, like some kind of maybe like tripping people up or something. <laughs> oh no! Or like maybe Hardcore. maybe he wants to throw blood on people because that's always a good move. <laughs> maybe that's what maybe he's planning some kind of stunt like that. And um and Spider knows that. And Toya just thinks it's going to be waving a few banners around. Yeah, and Spider, but why doesn't Spider just tell her like this is going to be way more, imp- way more deep than you think it's going to yeah, be? I Don't wonder. come. I wonder. Why don't you just print some leaflets? When he said that he loved her, do you think it was a? Do you think he really does love her, or did he just say that to try and convince her? I think he meant. I didn't think. I don't think he meant to say it. I think it came out. Did, did it? I, I couldn't tell whether it just slipped out or whether he wanted impulsive. it to sound like it just oh, slipped no. out. Oh, no. No. He loves her. They've been in love for years, Michael. <laughs> this is I the only way we can so, accept. Listen, listen, so listen. This is the only way. Shut up. Man. This is the only way we can accept that from happening, isn't it? Because really, Spider was her first love. I know. Uh, we all love Imran. Well, we all do. We all miss him. I think um, Dobber Dobson would have something to say about that. Well, I've moved on I from know. him. I know. But so, so this, you know, is the only character that would have made sense for Toya to move on so quickly from yeah. Imran. But it's like, oh man, <laughs> you've not even been cleared for killing him. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just unfortunate timing, isn't it? That's, that's Coronation Street all over. Oh, I hope he stays. Spider. Spider. I hope whatever whatever secret he's got up to, it's just kind of something of nothing and Toya can forgive him when she inevitably finds out. And Oh, I don't know. But I, I thought that was... I just... Yeah, I've got no idea what this blooming secret could be that he's that he's got up his sleeve. Um, so maybe, we... it's be, maybe he is just in cahoots with the more seedy side of... Um, of these protests and... Uh... He's, he seems to have got another woman, doesn't he? Because... That's that's what I was wondering about the I love you because when he when he had that secret phone call the yeah. other week and he's like oh I can't wait to get oh, back yeah. to you as well or something along those lines that's it true. felt like he had another love there maybe which is oh, when, okay. when he said I love you Toya maybe he didn't know whether he meant it in love with the king of protests daughter and he doesn't want and he, he's fallen princess out princess protest yeah princess protest he 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 loved her and now he's fallen out of love with her but he knows that if he rejects her then he will be cast out from protest kingdom yeah and he wants to stay there because he knows he can do good so now he's having to juggle two women um and he does does respect princess protest but no longer is in love with her i think you're right um and so he has to let her down gently um but she is vengeful and um she might uh throw some red paint on him okay what are your expectations for this protest holding up signs and going rah 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 I hope that it's And maybe decent. pushing Carla over. Like, <laughs> maybe it's to push Carla under a crash mat. The, um, <laughs> the salon opening scenes this week show that they can get a good load of people out together on the street, can't they? And what I, I do not want is for the protest to be like three or four people there going, will be, rah, 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 There will the be knickers. four extras who will look too happy to be there because they'll be smiling with their signs when they really should just be quite cross. Mm. They, like because they, they still don't know at the moment when this bloke's coming to them. They'll be pointing at people. I want them to like set up proper barricades and everything. I want it to be huge. I want it to be but like it less feels miss. like it's just gonna yeah. I want them to get out and it's bring out a big not. elephant. It's probably gonna be like really quick and a bit rubbish, and and it will just 
add on to what I was saying that these group of protesters are made to look a bit pathetic for what well, they're doing, which I is want... actually very good idea. Roy standing there with his bag in his hand, looking slightly confused. I want Roy to be involved. I want Nina, Nina to be involved. I want Emily Bishop spoon. to come back down south so that she can do it. Nina with a wooden spoon that says, "You can't sit at this table if you're a notorious." Polluter. I want I want Leanne to change her mind and realise that supporting her sister is the most important thing and her well, to get involved. Maria there going, only yeah. allowed to park her if you've got a permit. If Maria's not involved, it's really missing a trick. And I want I want Sally on the other side going, reasonably priced pants, pollute, <laughs> get over it. Like um, Pollution is a fact of life. I, I can Climate only assume... change isn't real. I, the earth is flat. I think that probably something big will happen there. You can grow your own up. concrete. I can only imagine something big is going to happen there that will affect Toya's trial somehow. Just to add I'm, to the drama. I'm, maybe she'll glue herself to Carla. And then Carla and that'll will be a funny trial. buddy comedy right. where Carla and, Leah and Toya have to like ne- negotiate various funny awkward moments like Carla needs a poo or it's shower time and they're glued to each other what will happen sounds good Gemma I have to break this to you you've got the Stoma storyline only one day though one day and it's the birthday oh it's her birthday how old is she 18 she's a grown up now 28 Monday, Summer comes home from sexy time at the hotel for a big birthday surprise from her gay dads after the meal... Oh, yeah, she's done it, hasn't she? Aaron Aaron. She's a woman now. Yeah. After the meal... <laughs> You're a woman, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> After the meal, Billy presents Summer with a letter from Drew. He says, here's a missed opportunity for you. She doesn't know what to do with it. She gets a bit... She, she kind of gets a bit freaked out. And she makes an excuse to slip out, saying that she needs to call Aaron. And later on, Summer's not come back. The dads go hunting. Um, Good dad hunting. Uh, eventually she comes home she sits with Billy she admits she hasn't opened the letter yet she knows it's going to be full of all these dreams and she's going to let him down and Billy says he wasn't even bothered about you going to Oxford he didn't even know about it so Mm -hmm. don't worry about it Billy says everyone makes mistakes and seeing you grow has been the greatest privilege of my life I wouldn't change anything about you and Drew would say the same and she's sobbing but she feels like um, encouraged by his words then the diabetes nurse phones Billy and says, oh, you can have one of them monitors. And he's like, hooray, what another birthday gift. She's not happy about this, especially when she hears that it was Aaron's idea and he organised it behind her back. And um, Aaron comes in with some birthday flowers for her, but she storms off in, in a half. They had the pantsest flowers, weren't they? Didn't he say you pinched them off a grave or something? I can't remember they, what they, he said about it, but they, they look very, good. very sorry for themselves, considering it's your your girlfriend's 18th birthday. Yeah. You think, I know you gave her the pre- a pretty important of present life. last Hopefully night. Hopefully not. But um, come on, those Is flowers. Is there going to be a, an, a pre-19 year old summer baby? <laughs> Maybe. Um... Summer argues with um, Aaron in the street and sends him off with his flea in his ear. Then she has a cafe meet up with her friends, Asha, Nina and Amy, and they give her a vegan carrot cake. And for some reason, Car- Summer's not in the mood. <laughs> she leaves. Um, then she reads the letter and it was fairly uninspiring. Um, well, she meets up with, with Aaron in Seb's garden later and apologises for being an iron there and gives him the letter and he reads it out. Um, and it's saying, oh, it doesn't really say much, does it? No, I hate, I won't be able to see you grow up. I know that Billy will be a great dad. You're going to grow into a brilliant woman. I'll always be watching over you. 
Um, it was, was no, sweet. Like, it, it was wasn't sweet. Rev- it it was... didn't have any revelations in it. It wasn't no. like... It was, you know... No, no dark summer Spellman family secret or anything. Your name isn't really Spellman. I, I was hoping it's for a... Um, mayonnaise. Summer I was hoping mayonnaise, for a surprise a visit name from... I changed it. I was hoping for a surprise visit from Granny Spellman. Yeah. Because they're still... They're not on bad terms, are they? I'm sure there was there were scenes where Summer used to go and visit Granny Spellman. Maybe she's dead. Maybe she didn't survive COVID. Probably not. Mm. Dear Summer, it's me, Drew... Remember, your dad. Your fourth dad. I am dead, or am I? Look behind you. <laughs> it's me. I'm alive. I thought you put out a tweet on Monday night saying, "My, I'm Drew. The only wish for you is that you get old. You're old enough to be recast." <laughs> yeah. Just tick that one off. Yeah, exactly. She's doing good for a Coronation Street character. Mm. Yeah, good for you, Summer. You got an issue storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Summer feels guilty about messing with her insulin. Um, Billy finds Summer at home later, and she says she's been. I've been thinking. I've been reading. I'm gonna have this monitor after all. He asks to read the letter. He does. He finds it also boring. Summer says, "I want Drew, you and Billy, you and Drew, to be proud of me, and I want to be proud of myself." And they have a hug. Is this the end? Please God. <laughs> I know. It really feels like it's the end. Don't tease us, Coronation Street, with something that feels like the end of a story, only to have it rear its boring head. Billy's like a couple of weeks down the road. Um, I don't know if this is the end of the story, but I did just order like some padded flooring for all your fainting fits. <laughs> yeah. So that will be a waste of money. Yeah, you better squirt some more of that insulin down the uh, down the sink. Just think, like there are pe- countries where people die because they don't, they can't afford insulin. She's just there squirting it down the blooming sewer. Yeah, I know. So, um, as an eighteenth birthday celebration, I thought... oh, she got she got a vegan carrot cake, but she also got another ca- vegetable based. Yeah, she cake. did, didn't she? She got two very um. Un- Inspiring flavoured cakes. Yeah, it was really sad. She didn't even get like an official first drink at the Rovers or anything like that. It it kind of fits with her character, I suppose. Not everybody has wild parties on their 18th. I certainly didn't. I went to TGI Fridays and I had a steak on my 18th birthday. Did you? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I did. It was nice. I had a fancy castle. Oh, there we go then. So maybe maybe we're closer to summer than we actually thought. I, it was I, the best day of that was the best day of my life. That bouncy castle was absolutely <laughs> tip top. I also thought it was weird how we hardly got to see any of Aaron, considering he's her boyfriend. They'd just done the deed the night before. He only made a little cameo appearance towards yeah. the middle of the episode. There, um, I, I thought. Well, that, yeah. I thought that the Drew letter thing was kind of nice. It was sweet. I think. It I felt, was. I was heartened by. There it. was a lot. There were a lot of precedent for dramatic or heart-wrenching um, letters that unfortunately made this a bit of a letdown. Um, but really the, the point of the letter was to encourage Summer to be a better person. And um, there's not really a lot that you can... Even from beyond the grave, I find you a really boring character. Can you be a better one, please? Shut up. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It served its purpose for plot, p- plot yeah, reasons. Yeah, that was nice. And honestly, like... Um, I wouldn't want to have the pressure of entertaining millions of people on my deathbed writing a letter to my kid as I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. So I think he did a pretty good job, yeah. considering. Although the other thing you said to me on Monday night is that maybe he should have written three letters to give to Billy. It's like, <laughs> right, Billy, if she's a total screw-up, give her this letter. Yeah. If she's doing okay, give her this letter. If she gets into Oxford, give her this letter. <laughs> yeah. 
And I can really freak her out by saying, oh, I know you've gone to Oxford. Dear Summer, I am informed you have screwed your life up. Maybe that's why the letter was so short. Maybe you did, like, write ten of them. And he's like, yeah. I'm not writing a two-page essay ten times. And Summer's going to find all the other other versions in the uh, Billy's cupboard at some point. Dear Summer, I was glad to hear about you and Aaron, but this is in Billy's writing, this word. <laughs> Yeah, fill in the blanks, Billy, before you give it to her. It's a choose your own adventure um, cancer mm. cancer letter from Beyond the Grave. Well, if the, whether or not this is the end of Summer's storyline, it did feel like it was a a nice pause that should hopefully last for a few weeks because it feels like there's been an awful lot of Summer recently. I think I'm I'm getting a bit concerned. I saw somebody on Facebook talking about having a diagnosis or ha- being tested uh, possibly for having diabetes and saying they were terrified because of, of summer story has made them really, really worry about what, what it would be like to be diabetic. And it was nice to see a lot of people on our Facebook group saying, look, I, I have this. It's not, it's not as, as dramatic it's not, as it's made it, out. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And it, it, it does worry me because Coronation Street, um, it has a responsibility to, kind of educate you a little bit about these issues but they have they have made out like having diabetes is a really big problem with this story there's definitely a balance to strike between supporting people by mirroring their trauma and showing like we understand you we know we know what you've been through this is this is your story we're showing it um that can that can feel very supportive, can't it? That can feel validating when you see something that you're going through being represented um, in an honest way. Yeah. But it also is terrifying if you're kind of possibly coming up to that and you've never been through the experience and you're gonna gonna possibly have to go through this and you're watching this character falling on the floor and crying and. Mm self-harming and stuff and you're thinking i can't i don't know if i'm strong enough i i don't know if i can cope with this this looks like awful but it's all right because all you need if you have diabetes and you're a bit worried about it all you need is a letter from your dead dad yeah you You just need your dad to die first if he hasn't already right um dilemma what a dilemma if we've got the dylan storyline um we got to see a nice streetcar scene at the beginning of the week didn't we eileen in streetcars all is well with the world um, so, because Sean goes over there every to talk to I her about Dylan's problems. Everything's back to normal on Coronation Street. A new thing that we haven't seen for years appears. Yeah. And um, this is just the latest. I don't know how many more things there are we haven't seen. <laughs> but um, I was, yeah. It's one of those things where you don't realise. It's like when you suddenly realise that you're tense and you relax your muscles. This, this is what it's been feeling like in Coronation Street. Mm. We've all been kind of like coiled up like springs because of all the pandemic stuff. And then suddenly we're kind of... <sighs> Everything's people back. are back in Eileen the Rovers. There are people sewing knickers in the factory. Eileen is in streetcars. All is right with the world. Mm. So Eileen basically says to Sean, maybe Dylan should stay if he's kind of saying that he's being bullied and everything and, and that might be for the best. So um, back home, Sean tells Eileen that he's been speaking to Violet on the phone. Now, according to her, Violet being Dylan's mum, of course, Dylan hasn't told her anything about being bullied. Um, he's making it all up, apparently. Dylan comes home... Um, he's already missed his train because he's supposed to have gone and he's he like seems to have purposely well, missed the train because he wants to stay. That's 200 pounds down the drain, and, um, and you stupid kid. Sean has a chat with him and, and it's like, you know, you've been bullied. Sean, Dylan has to admit to Sean he's not being bullied. He just doesn't like living in London. He likes it here in Weatherfield where all the drama happens. It's like, I've been to all the museums. It's boring now. And Sean says, right, okay, I'll speak to Violet about it. Maybe you can stay here. 
Um, Lawrence is very supportive of Lawrence, this as the well. Yes, you're a brilliant dad, he says. And um, to cut a long story short, by the end of the episode, Sean's had a phone call with Violet. She says, yes, you can have my child. Bit disappointed, but yeah, if you want to keep him. <laughs> I just love this so much. She's like, I am disappointed that my only son won't be living with me anymore. But you now I think about it, I can shag in the hallway. I think that this and is just... And I don't just, need to worry about it. This whole story is just a massive character assassination for poor Violet. It's making her look like the worst mum in the world, isn't it? And what happened to Jamie? She's not with Jamie anymore. No, I... I think that they'd already split up before. Wow. Um, unlike she ran the... off. The only reason she ran off with Dylan and Jamie in the first place was because they were apparently so in love with each other. I know. They couldn't bear the thought of Sean interfering in their relationship and having claims on the baby. I... So they ran off. And then as soon as she dumps this man, she should have come crawling back to Weatherfield. But no. What a hussy. Well, Jenny Platt and um, Rupert Hill, who play Violet and Jamie, are both... I think they're married. What, to each other? I think so, yeah. <laughs> think so um, what? well come on guys come back i just i think that they really you're both alive in th- the show there's been quite a few returns this year you got your big ones like wendy and That's steven really but there's been the odd mini cameo return as well and i think that this they really really should have tried and get well, violet listen, back just for the phone call because Michael, we know that it's not as easy as you make it out no it's not every single actor is there by the phone going one day they'll ask me to come back like they did it I know with Fiona the are. other year didn't <laughs> they they had they had Emma talking to Fiona for a scene and I just think that it would have felt a lot less rushed if we'd seen this conversation between Sean and Violet but as it was it's just like she says yes she doesn't care if she never sees you again as good and as doesn't they and also you can you, you're not getting your stuff back she's going to sell it she just seems to have like rolled over and that's a, what a massive change to her life that would be. I know. Because Dylan has been such a small part of Sean's life. I know. He's, what, 10 now or so? What, and Dylan? He, yeah. He, he's 10? I oh, know, he's more than that, isn't he? It looks don't. like he's, like, 14. Yeah, no, he's 14, 15 or so. And he's been with Violet his literally 99% of his life. Well, his whole life. Well, he's had a couple of trips to see Sean, is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but it's And not now it's like, oh, yes, you can stay there forever. Can you imagine she's like, you giving know, your child no, up who is pretty much you've been single parenting? No, she's right because there's, there is a cost of living crisis on the horizon. Teenage boys, notorious water wasters and they go in the showers and you know what they're doing in there. They've got the water running but I don't think they're, they're saving themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's going to save a load of money. <laughs> she can rent that room out. If she's in London, she can rent that room out for about £800 a month. Harsh. Yeah, no, she's right. Also, think of all the food that he eats. <laughs> he's probably getting through like three pints of milk a day and a loaf of bread well I'm glad That's he's money staying you're not gonna I'm get glad back. he's staying because he's a, he's a fairly decent character he's been in the show back again for what six seven weeks now they've not really given him much of a story have they he's been like he was there when Sean and Frank split up um, well he seems to basically have just been his dad's cheerleader for his his various boyfriends and he's been going off playing football with random people like who did he he came in with Max or something didn't he at the end of that Monday's episode oh maybe you reckon he might become the newest signing at Weatherfield County oh maybe maybe because everybody knows there's not very many good football clubs in (laughs) London Um, yeah he just seems to have he almost seems to have been brought in to drag up the quality of some of the other younger teens there and uh, I don't know, but anyway, I, I'm I'm glad he's staying. He's he's, he's decent. I don't I don't dislike the character, 
but I cannot see how this is going to enhance my enjoyment of Sean. I can. Because I think I it's think just a Dylan's, different thing for him to do. Dylan's going to be the dad here. I think it's just a different angle of Sean that we've not seen any of. Um, I've, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Right, back to you. Double trouble. Burn and How burn. How many more stories are there, for God's sake? Oh, a few, a few. Oh, my God. <laughs> but these are all, like, one-episoders, I think. Right, Monday. Bernie's going to head off to the shop to try to track down Fern, who's the posh bird that looks exactly like her, who's stolen her school uniform for her grandson. Chesney and Gemma don't believe that there is a woman who could look like Bernie, which I would take as an insult if I was her. She bets them, if they're proved wrong, they will eat spam butties for a month. And I'm going to say to you, you cannot afford that. Spam is £3 a can. I don't know what you're playing at. She was also, that's delicious. Um, Bernie has to try to convince Paul that she's telling the truth when he finds her in the cafe later. And then she's working in, Bernie's working in the kebab shop. She sees Fern getting off the bus. I don't think Fern knew what a bus was. <laughs> and going, um, she chases her to number five. If I was like Deb, I'd be fuming that my workers are just leaving their post left, right and centre this week. There's Gemma chasing after Leo when yeah. she's in the middle of a shift. Bernie's going after Fern. Like, there's un- unlooked after, uh, un- unguarded donners. You know also that if Spider and Co weren't busy with the Dalazim, they'd be in there protesting the, yeah. the conditions under which the poor lamb... Was raised. Maybe he's definitely taken off its rack and putting it back in the field where it belongs. Yeah. So, um. She goes and tracks down Fern. Fern's brought back the school uniform and she says, I'm sorry, um, I overreacted yesterday. Also, just out of interest, could you please pretend to be me? Do you want to make this an identical twin story? Can you pretend to be me at a speed awareness course tomorrow? I'll pay you £200. (laughs) And then he's like, I don't know. Everyone always thinks I'm a criminal. I don't think it's tomorrow. I've actually written yesterday in the notes here, which doesn't make sense. No. But the, the, At the some call, point. The, the, the adventures haven't happened yet. Have no, we haven't so. had the, this. Um, Fern gives her her card in case she changes her mind. That's also how you can tell she's bosh. She's got a card. She's got a calling card. Gemma and Chesney get Leanne back. Leanne used to have a calling card. She earned that posh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Gemma and Chesney get back later and have to admit that Bernie was telling the truth about to look alike and Bernie says Fern's got a job for me but she won't say what it is and then she goes and Gemma tells Chesney that they should give her the benefit of the doubt for the time being are we going to get to see the speed awareness course and also I don't think you need to look like the person to pretend to be them to go on a speed awareness course I don't think the police care I don't know whether you need to like do you have to show your yeah show your driving license you have to show your driving yeah but I don't look like my driving license anymore well Bernie and Fern don't look identical do they that's my point yeah (laughs) get anybody to do it I don't know we might see it do you think that she'll do it my question is can Bernie drive I don't think she can she strikes me as the sort of person (laughs) that never learned it's alright I don't think you need to be able to drive to go to a driving awareness course I think you do they don't test you I think they do do you think? I think right, you need now to, we've taught you I and showed you, you all these videos of car crashes and things. Get in this car and drive over there 30 miles an hour without killing anyone. I just to you prove to, you've learned a lesson. I think you need to demonstrate some sort of awareness about the various things that I might talk about, which I think Bernie's a loudmouth idiot and she'll probably give herself away. <laughs> Be like, oh, what's a gearbox? If she wants £200. Is that, where, is that where you put your braces? It's the beginning of term now anyway, isn't it? So they, they really need that school. Oh no, they've got the school uniform. It's fine. I hope that we get to see this. This is this is the kind of twin shenanigan that I was after last week when Fern um, appeared on the programme. So, um, 
Oh, hang on. We should probably explain what a speed awareness course is no, for people that aren't in this country. Well, a speed awareness course. So in this country, if you're speeding, you can get you can get points on your license and a fine, can't you? Or you can just not get any points on your license. And if you get too many points on your license, you lose your license. I think how many are you allow? Like three or something? I don't it's remember. it's three points if you get caught speeding. And if you get twelve, you get banned. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but basically it's you have to pay money to go on this speed awareness course and you can only do it once, can't you? No idea. I think the first time you get caught speeding you can you can either take your points on your licence or go on this course and so you avoid you avoid the points but you have to pay more money. And you go on this course and they basically just make you feel like crap for um for going thirty five in a thirty zone or whatever. Mm. And tell you like, do take, you know people could die taking photos on your phone when you're when you're driving? Yeah, it's very naughty. Um, but is that why uh, why Fern came on the bus to see Bernie because she just oh. just couldn't trust herself? No, maybe she's not allowed. Maybe you're not allowed to drive until mm. you've been on the speed awareness course. Mm. Anyway, hope they have more than that. I, I'm surprised that we didn't have more of that this week because it felt like it was building up to something. But what we did get on Wednesday, uh, on Friday's episode, sorry, is the Wendy epi- uh, Wendy story. Now, this is another character who kind of came in to do a very, very small role with Abby, but now it finally feels like she's getting a very own story to herself, which surprised me because I didn't expect... I didn't... I would never have thought that come September... Stephen, Wendy and Spider would still be characters. I thought at least some of them would be little minor ones in for a few weeks, but now she's getting a beginning of her own story. And it looks like um, there is still something in the air between her and Ken. And Abby is very much um, in favour of this. Ken comes into the cafe and sees Wendy uh, and invites uh, her... What? Ben Carlo. Ben Carlo comes into the... Ben fa- Thank you. Comes into the cafe and says, do you want to come to a musical that's on in Manchester? And she politely turns him down. And uh, Abby says, Wendy, what's, what's going on between you and Ken then? Weren't you? I thought you were getting on. And Wendy says, look, we're fine. We're not enemies or anything, but we're not exactly friends. I think it'd be a bit weird if we were friends. And there's lots of people around here, like Rita and that, that wouldn't really like the idea of me hanging around Ken too much. Um, so she goes to pay for a cream horn or whatever it is that she has but she hasn't got a card with her oh no but ken no she had to pay 12 pound 50 for a cheese whatever pie whatever it is she had yeah what, well, how big was this cheese pie huge ken comes over because he's all cool and with it and he bops his phone to pay for it didn't know he knew how to do that and um she says look i'm gonna pay you back i'm not gonna be in debt to you or anything so she she pops around his house later with the cash for him and they talk about this musical again and again she says i just don't want to get people's backs up but before long, he's able to charm her round. Um, then there is, then it kind of turns into all the stuff with the play. Now, throughout the episode, Mary's been going around trying to get people to sign up to this play. Um, Roxanne, Roxana, well, I can't remember what it was supposed to be. But anyway, Mary's doing some work with the local Amdram Society and she's getting people to, to sign up to um, audition. And um, it just so happens that back in the day, Wendy was quite into that sort of thing. Mary's um, thrilled to hear that she's found somebody else to audition for her. Um, Mary also was able to convince Evelyn to sign up for it as well. So I'm sure it's all going to be lots of larks when all of these characters and probably no other characters, no, nobody that's not a major character auditions for it. 
Um, Who's auditioning? Hijinks will ensure. I, I don't know. I think it's literally Wendy and Evelyn at the moment. I can't remember whether she convinced anyone else. So there probably will be some other people. Ken, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Carry on. That's it. That's that's oh. literally it. They've signed up to, to, to be in Mary's play. And it could be a lot of fun. It feels like it's... um. It feels like it's going to be uh, just a, a very low-key sort of story, doesn't it? A bit of a classic Corrie comedy sort of story, but a nice one with the oldies. Um, you know, Mary sometimes, you know, I'm a bit wary of that she can be a bit OTT, but I love how it's going to be something for Wendy to do. I am kind of interested in this, yeah. I'm really, really seems... excited for Wendy to get a storyline. Yeah, it seems like a funny thing and a very traditional Coronation Street thing to do because, like, right from the very beginning, they always used to put on plays and pantos and, and things. And, um, yeah, very traditional. And also quite funny um, sometimes to see the actors pretending to be bad at acting. Yeah. But nice, nice respite from all the bin flinging drama that we're getting in some of the uh, oh, and Stephen you know, the high stakes storylines. I want Stephen to be in the play and like get really hat up that he doesn't get cast as the lead and start <laughs> throwing uh, Evelyn around. Well, we'll uh, we'll see more of this in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Finally, Finally, Sam. Friday, Sam and Hope are all dressed up for the first day at big school, and he's determined to go on the bus, and he goes to post something, a letter. Um, but he sees hopes there, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want everyone to know that he's going to post something, so he kind of hides it. After school, um, Sam gets invited to Hope's house for tea, but he says no, so he can post his letter. Um, but Hope's spying on him and sees him doing this. And then Sam and Hope are on the walkie-talkie, and she asks him about the letter, and he lies about it and says it's to do with chess, and she doesn't believe him. And he says if, if she threatens him, if he doesn't tell her what's going on. And she, he threatens her back because she also has a secret correspondence with this person who she's talking to on, on the internet. Mad dog. Which who, we still don't know who this is. No, that was like three or four weeks ago that and we this, saw her doing this that. This is like, yeah, I totally forgot that even happened. Mm. So what the hell is going on? I, just... I really hope they're not being groomed because that's not fun. No, I'm not. I'm not really interested in the hope side of it, to be honest. Like when, when she started doing that, I was like, oh, no, I don't need, don't need more. Don't need more Dobbs and Stape stuff for the moment. I enjoyed Fizz and Tyrone, but I'm still not as massive a, a Hope fan as, as a lot of other Corrie uh, viewers seem to be. So I'm not too fussed about that. Um, but I, I am quite intrigued about Sam's letter and the fact that they've given Sam a story. I thought it was very cute seeing them dressed up in their Weatherfield High uniforms today. Yeah. Uh, going into year seven. Um, I can't believe he's in year seven. I know. I I think it's I think it's... You know, if they're going to give anybody a story about the massive, massive shift from primary school to secondary school, Sam's the one. I don't think it's going to be about that, though. I'd love it to be, though, because he's he's just the sort of child that's yeah. going to be a bit of a fish out of water. and. Well, he's a big fish in a little pond at the moment, isn't he, I think? I bet all the, bet all the teachers dote on him, especially because they know his mum died. And um, they probably think he's like, you know, very precocious and sweet. But in secondary school, no one's going to care. No, they're, and they're not. He's surrounded by kids that are just smarter than like, he is. They, yeah, people that are smarter than him, maybe. But I think there's going to be an awful lot of um, nasty children that will prey on him for being a massive he's very geek. very gullible as It well. seems like, yeah, yeah, totally. He's totally naive and gullible and everything. So I think that, you know, that, that would be... It seems to me to be quite an obvious story for it to go down. But, you know, there is this letter thing as well. Um, 
The only other thing that I thought of that it could be is it, is it this girl that he was playing chess with back mm. in back in the spring when he had a bit of a crush on? Yeah. Is he got a bit of a uh, it's got to be that, a bit it? of a pen pal or a bit of a love letter that he's sending? I mean that's why he wants to do it secretly because it, he's a bit shy about it. Although why he can't just walkie talkie her and say I don't know. So um yeah I Out of range. I am I am yes you spoiled it. I I think oh, that's probably sorry. what it is. Yeah, but who's Taupe talking to? Because we had this... Didn't I... Didn't, wasn't there some theory that it might have been Phil or... Now somebody said that. I don't I don't think that's true. Oh, I, maybe it's... Um, uh, Stape's daughter. Jade. Yeah, maybe it's Jade. I don't think... I don't know. Could be. Could be. I, I can't say Well, there's a very, there, very po- small pool of people that it could be... That we already know, so it's either it's either somebody that we know. Obviously, it's either someone we know or someone we don't know. So if it's somebody we don't know, then it feels to me like it's a someone we don't know story. I don't think we're supposed to guess who it is. Okay. Okay. What? Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's what I think. Okay. Um. But anyway, that that was it for Sam. Nice to see him again, and blah 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 blah. That's it, really. (laughs) So, um, more to come with that next week. That is the end of our eight stories this week. And Gemma, it is now time for us to rate it. <sighs> yep. Silence. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go right in there and, and say that there wasn't very much that disappointed me on that this this week. Um literally I would say I, I'm a I'm a bit sad with how they're um portraying a very important issue of looking after the planet and making Toya look like a bit of a nutcase. But on the other hand, I'm glad that that story was in it. I'm all, I'm never going to complain when Toya and Spider are in well, the I show. Well, I still really like Toya. I yeah. still, I still, she's still my girl. I still, I'm enjoying watching her and Spider. I want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So I'm finding that interested. I'm, um, I'm loving, I'm loving Stephen. The, the only, the only, the only storyline this week that was a bit meh for me was the summer, and it wasn't that many scenes. So, go on. What were you saying? Carry on. No, I'll just say, yeah, the the Stephen stuff was a lot of fun. Adding Jenny into the mix tonight was pretty sublime, I would say. Ardy and Kelly are the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Um, So I am going to give this week's Coronation Street four fully combobulated Jennies out of five. Nothing megaly hugely dramatic, but just an all-round solid, satisfying week for me. Okay. What about you? Well, I was thinking three and a half, but mm-hmm. I really, I'd rather, I wanted to give it like 3.75. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't do that, can I? No. Uh, so what are you going to do? I'm going to give it three and a half mm-hmm. climate terrorists called a down disease. <laughs> it's the half a climate terrorist like... glued himself to something and then tried to get up and ripped himself in two. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. I feel like this kind of, this character, he's like being built up as some kind of like evil monopoly man who like bounces around the board but leaves like a greasy stain of crude <laughs> oil every time he lands it feels it feels like um like he's a cartoon character he feels like he's gonna be a captain planet villain isn't he yeah also like some somebody out of where carmen san diego or something like that you know international climate terrorist yeah the notorious Dalcine, <laughs> who like oh what was that there was another one i've forgotten what it was but yeah him like um 
like he travels the world with like this evil bold cat in a tugboat that like constantly puffs smoke out of the top <laughs> for no reason whatsoever and then like everywhere it goes like a little rainbow shimmer of oil follows him mm. um he's the character of the week Adele Dazeem no he's not in it you can't have him <laughs> I'm like there's there's lots that it could be it could be Stephen for the pure entertainment value sometimes unintended Comedy. Stephen's my character of the week because of his Highland Games bin slinging. I, I, you know, and I feel really bad that I said the wrong pronunciation of the word that I can't remember how to say. Caber. Sorry. I like, I like Stephen. I thought. I mean, also Stephen was great this week because he, he's now put the nail in the coffin of Jenny and Leo. Really, hasn't he? Because Leo's going to find out, and that's going to cause. Yeah, but Leo's so boring and desperate. They'll probably forgive her. I don't care. Nice try, Stephen. No. You didn't realise what you were doing, but thank you very much for getting in between those two. Um, Jenny also was great, although I suppose she was more of a main player in the back end of the week. RD was awesome. For sticking up for his oh, Kelly, yeah. um, and, and you know, and, and yeah, standing by his by, well, by his girl, Dev. Kelly was cool. Dev was, Dev. There was just there was so much. Toya, I, I you know, I applaud her spirit. Um, that's that's so patronising. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, oh, <laughs> I hate. Can I just say Friday's her her shirt? I hated it so much. <laughs> I know that it's bad for the environment, but I wanted to burn it. <laughs> Um, who it, shall I give character? Oh, I'm gonna give it to Stephen just because of that bin flinging scene. It was. It was. Epic. It was. It was memorable. He was so scary. It's funny because he's, you know, I don't. How old is he? Sixty. I guess so. Oh man, he's. He drunk. had a lot of power behind him. He's like one of these one of these guys who's like like every year gets stronger, more wiry, wily old man strength, and he's so big. Oh. He, I, I don't know if he was scary. Oh, he's scared. I, I mean, I just imagine, like, say, Pat Phelan doing that scene, and it would have come across as scarier. I don't think I would have laughed if Pat Phelan had flung bins around. Can so there not, was something about Todd Boyce's delivery of it. Can you not that laugh added a bit in of... terror? <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so um, Stephen it is for both of us. A four from Love me. Love Stephen Reed. What, what a 2022 revelation. Yep. Nice idea to bring him back. Brilliant, brilliant. That's I love it. I just, I'm smiling every day <laughs> knowing that I live in a world where Stephen Reed's flinging bins around Weatherfield <laughs> and drinking out of the drip tray. He's from, uh, it's a good job that a load of litter didn't come spewing out of the bin as well. And he would have toy on his case, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> toy just appears out of nowhere. What are you doing? Don't you know? You're like a you're a notorious polluter. The council provides these bins for a specific purpose. Maria comes out. And it going, isn't for you to take your rage out on. Maria pops up, going, separate, separate the recycling. <laughs> that should have been in the glass bin anyway. Uh, right, time to move on. That is our street talk for this week. Now it's time for some news. Now it's time for the news, and I've got our first bit of news, which is all about the Manchester Pride that took place last weekend. I completely forgotten this was on, because, I don't know, have they, have they had it recently because of COVID? I'm not sure. It feels like a long time since we've seen a, a Corrie float there, but I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting next year's. Um, well, I... Surely it'll be last year's. Hmm? You said you you forgot next year's. Last year's. I don't know. Um, I was a bit, I was ever so slightly disappointed when I saw the Corrie Pride this year, because they You're going used... a bit high. Yeah. I was so disappointed, 
chucked and stunned because they didn't have an actual proper curry float, did they? I remember in the past, there's always a special Coronation Street themed one, like, you know, with, with rovers on the side or what have you. And this year there was just a generic rainbowy ITV bus that feels to me like, are they just going to get this one out every year? I always look forward to seeing what the Curry Pride float's like, don't you? Maybe they didn't have time. Too busy to maybe do Curry forgot. Pride float. <laughs> maybe, maybe like uh, like me, who was taken as by surprise by the pictures of this appearing online last Saturday. We're like, oh, crikey, we don't need to hey, get out there. Uh-oh. Grab the rainbow burst, that'll do. Who's going to come along with us? Gemma, we saw a handful of Corrie stars strutting their stuff at the Pride. I don't know whether you want to do a little bit of your fashion commentary on some of their flamboyant um, outfits this this year. Well, the picture you've got here hasn't got Dolly Rose Campbell in it. She had a very cool, I'll like, shimmy, Dolly Rose Campbell for silver, there she is. Uh, what is it, jumpsuit? Very cool. Yes. Silver sequined, is it? Oh, yeah, I think it's a silver sequin. So she's always looks so happy at these things. I, 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 did, I know I did complain that there wasn't a curry float, but there was actually a Newton and Ridley lorry there, weren't they? But yeah, we, we know the secrets of them. It doesn't actually have booze inside. It's got cameras and stuff. Um, Daniel Brocklebank was there. He He's didn't get cash. the memo. He didn't get the memo about rainbow colours, did he? They don't need to wear rainbow colours. He's got his kind of navy grey shorts and his and a white t-shirt. He probably forgot as well. Pranger looks so quite excited to be there, doesn't she? She's in this got, picture. I like this. She's got a really Pranger. She's got a lovely, Lender. flowy summer um, white, white and pink, hot pink print dress. Is on. this a maxi dress? Uh, I don't think it is. Well, it's sort of a maxi dress. It doesn't go. I don't. Don't know where her feet end. I think she looks very excited to be there. I, I appreciate her forehead What's adornments this? as is well. Is it like a little bandeau? Maybe. Maybe. Jane Hazelgrove is there. She's wearing a like fuchsia hot pink and lime green safari print dress. I Love never it. would have thought those colours go together. Oh no, they but, do look cool. Yeah. And yeah, she's got some nice little over giraffes at the bottom of that, hasn't she? We've got uh, we've got Gunny there, Peter Gunn. Hawaiian um, shirt. Yeah, why Navy not? Navy and white, very yeah. nice. We've also got, and I don't know this actor's Prentice. name, but it's the one who plays Lawrence the Dentist. I like his rainbow shirt. It's nice and jazzy. It's kind of like it is 70s, jazzy. This, isn't it? It's got lots of, what are they called? Wavy, Wavy pink lines. and blue and green lines on. Very, very nice. nice there. Good job. Um, Tony Maudsley, he's uh, like to make a bit of a... <laughs> Bit of a show of himself, doesn't he? Wearing his... I think he said this is one of his um, T-shirts that he had from when he was played... What's his face? In Benidorm. Oh, yeah. What's his um, face? He's got his six-pack He's got t-shirt. a sailor hat on. Got a sailor hat, six-pack T-shirt and... Uh, and a... That's not a six-pack T-shirt. Yes, it is. He's not wearing a top. That's what he looks like. Oh, do you reckon? He's dead buff. Oh, okay. Everyone knows this. And um, there's also Anthony Cotton. Oh, I oh, know he's... He's disappeared off the page. He's not in the picture. He's literally here underneath the loading sign. Oh, I'm sure he looked fabulous. About that. Oh look, Katie McGlynn was there as well. Just I, I don't know whether they let her on with the other Corrie folks, but she's wearing a nice. She's got pink, a nice pink well, outfit. She looks like she's got a recession suit on because half of it's missing. <laughs> she's got a cropped a cropped blazer. Anyway, I hope that everybody who went cool. along to this had a, had a jolly good time. So it looked a lot of fun. The streets were lined, weren't they? But um, yeah, good. it's always nice to see Coronation Street take part in this kind of do, thing. Do, um, music, and I do, always do. like to see all the different colours there. Very, very good. Manchester um, Pride, yeah. Very cool. Cool, cool. Next up, we next up in the news stakes. Now, um, this is um, somebody on the Digital Spy Forum. Storyteller on the Digital Spy Forum was the one behind this one. Um, and there's new building works going on at Coronation Street, Gemma. Don't get too excited, though. It's not as big as, you know, like the Victoria Street or the visitor's entrance that's still... Um, work in progress at the moment but they're doing something at the uh, the entrance there of the uh, of the reception this is they? very interesting i think it's very interesting they're kind of 
it's 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 very very minimal, but it's going to be seen on screen because it's the bit that they use for the Weatherfield Hospital frontage. It's going to have a renovation done to it, isn't it? Yes. So um, I've been led to believe by you. It is true. It's true. I don't lie. Look, there's pictures here and everything. So when you go into the Coronation Street building at the moment, there's like a rotating door and then you get to um, the receptionist, yep. don't you? And yep. then there's a little side room to the left. It looks like they're expanding their side room area by putting a new lobby in there that extends <laughs> a couple of metres maybe out of the front of the building. Literally, this isn't even going onto the car park area. It's not making much of a dent at all. Um, so you go in and there's special Star Trek swishy doors that open themselves very fast. Oh, very, uh, nice. Cool. And then there's a like an extra mini little waiting holding room to the See, side. See, I'm not taking this personally because this was planned before. Yes, it was. But it feels a bit like <laughs> the plebs go there. I know. So they can't gawk at all the celebs and go hello to William Roach. So like a couple of weeks ago when mm-hmm. we were there, was it like three weeks ago today? Was it two? I've lost track of time. We were kind of sitting just to the left of the um, welcome desk, weren't we? And we could mm-hmm. see all the William Roach and co come in and say hello to us or ignore sofas, us. sofas, aren't there? Yes. So you so can see it... them coming in and out. Yeah. And maybe there were complaints about the oafs that were sitting there. I don't think that's what it is. But there will be a nice little waiting room for us and I guess other people. Uh, I don't if think... they call it the Michael oh, and Gemma suite... Um, you know, thank you very much. It's, it's very kind of you. Um, but there's also going to be another little waiting area, a bigger waiting area on the right. It's just basically more more waiting room um, and it's going to kind of go up a little bit and then have some little windows on the top of it. But um, that's it, really. The, the main reason, well, one of the main reasons I think that I found behind this is because they wanted to have a weatherproof lobby because there were plans that were um, put in place last year, I think. And we didn't, I didn't even know about this until uh, just this past week for changing the lobby area to make it weatherproof in some way. And so now they're just extending it out a little bit. It means the rain doesn't get in. You don't have a wet reception. Having a roof, making a building. I think it just means that the the way it is, if you're sitting at the front desk, maybe the rain comes in a little bit for it has been known to rain in Manchester from time to time. Um, and then now, now it's going to be all lovely and dry for them. Weatherproof um, lobby. I mean, what? who's making lobbies that aren't weatherproof? People back in the, the medieval days of about six, seven years ago when they moved to Media City. I now, Gemma, put glass on the windows. We will have to mourn the loss of six ornamental trees we'll outside of the waiting area. But... There has been recommendations that they plant some more, and in fact, I think they may be they may be moving them. But um, that's it's literally the only. It is so regrettable. Officially regrettable. Accor- yes, according to the planning, it is regrettable that it's happening. So I don't know. This this how do you how are you enjoying this news, everybody? It means I, something to us because we've been there. Yeah. I don't know. They may have to move Hilda Bugden as well. Well, that's that's also regrettable. Did we say that when we went to the set? I don't even know whether we mentioned this. You know the Hilda Bugden statue, the big painted bee that looks like Hilda Ogden that was done for all the other bees a few years ago. She got a she got a, a sheet over a plastic sheeting when we were there, didn't Tarpaulin. she? Tarpaulin. Tarpaulin, and nobody seemed to know why when we asked them. So hopefully she's okay. But yeah, she's going to have to to buzz forward a little bit. And uh, anyway, this this is happening. The the full approval was granted on the thirteenth of July. It's only just been noticed now by by the fans and um i for one look forward to visiting the set in in the future and being able to go through those revolving doors and be shoved into a waiting room what are they doing with those trees replanting can we have one 
Can we have one of That'd be pretty wear, awesome. This is a Coronation Street tree, and everyone will be like, that's really I think that they stupid. should give them out to the Why six biggest you? Coronation Street fans. I don't think we'd get one. We totally would get one. We'd, we'd oh, make what, a case. physically big? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I also saw when I was... Because you can get all of this on the Trafford website, the trafford.gov.uk website. Um, and there was also plans for some flagpoles, but I think they're up there now already. So they've got six temporary flagpoles outside wow. the entrance. That's I know. Amazing. And two permanent advertising flags to go it. outside the front of the studios. And wow. I think we saw those flags. It's a Union Jack on, but it's, or, or is it an ITV symbol? I can't remember. Anyway, There's a Union Jack there. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But the the temporary flags are only allowed to be up for a maximum of 30 days per year. What's the point so, of um, that? I'm a bit disappointed that they didn't choose one of their days, the one that we went there. They for could what have, flag? Well, just a welcome us flag, you know? Like, were you... Conversation Street flag, they could have flown they could have, for, our, for our visit there. They could email us and we'll send them a high-res um, yeah. Photoshop document of our... Yeah, of our yeah, exactly. logo, it, so yeah. they can print it out, yeah. and then if they only need it, it thirty days time. a year, we can have it the rest of the time. Well, all I can say is I hope that they've got some flipping well amazing things happening for thirty other days of the year, or maybe they've run out. Maybe they've already done thirty days this year, and they're like, "Oh, Michael and Gemma are coming. We need to put up a flag, but we're you're, not allowed." You've, you've gone mad. Maybe when they open the new bit of the set, not you know the new bit of the welcome visitor centre thing, they'll put some flags out there. This is like the best news ever this week. I'm personally finding this very interesting. How about you, listeners? This one is right up. Sorry, I forgot we're still doing that. This one's right up your street, Gemma. I'm going to pass over to you. No, this is this is sad to me. Speaking of going to the set, won't be able to do this. I know. Um, This is Coronation Street is coming to real life. Everybody, are they going to be chucking all the visitors down the sinkholes? Yes. Are they going to be having a fake gun? Are they going to be throwing them down the sewers? Dressing them up as a Morticia, seeing which yep. one gets shot first when they're trying to Why get not? Leanne. Um, no, that's not right, what listen, it is at all. at the Corrie Tour yes. in October, and here's a quote. Boil your cauldrons. That's wrong. Prepare <laughs> your carving knives and dust off those old bed sheets as Halloween is coming to Coronation Street at the tour. Scary face. Um, you don't boil cauldrons. You boil things in them. <laughs> what amateur wrote this? <laughs> don't be so cruel to the lovely people at the um, Coronation Sorry, Street but they don't tour. understand witchcraft. It's a serious <laughs> thing. It's not to be joked about and laughed over. Carry on, you can't, carry on. If you don't understand, don't even talk about it. Who qualified you to talk about witchcraft <laughs> on Twitter? Anyway, new for 2022, Coronation Street will see the street come to life like never before. What is that? Oh, it's a candle. Candle emoji. Candle emoji. Not only will we be giving the street a spooky makeover, but during your visit, you'll be revisiting Ghost of Storyland's past. Skull emoji. <laughs> In our special edition tour. Or like that, special edition tour. We will take you over 60 years of villains, death and destruction on the nation's favourite street. Bat emoji. Scared? You best be. Book now. Coffin emoji. Nice. I want to go so bad. So they, did they do this on the new Curry Tour before? Is this the first time in Media City? Because I know they had a, a Halloween special Coronation Street thing back in Key Street. Because I think that's the one that Richard Hillman, I'm um, sorry, Brian Capron went and did some talks at, didn't they? Mm. I wonder whether they'll have any special guests of this because I don't know whether the Coronation Street Star Tours have announced if they're going any further than September. So I'm oh. thinking maybe this is the Star Tours Ooh. for October. Well, Will it just some... be the weekend? Will it be all October? I'm not sure. Sure. I can think of you some very cool people that I'd to like to see. Me too. I'd love to be able to do this. Like, we've already done the Coronation Street tour twice in 2022. 
I, I, I think it would be lovely to be able to go there. Maybe, you know, I don't know when this new bit of the set, the visitor's centre has been, I don't know what I'm calling it, that, is being set up. So um, maybe if they coincide the visitor's centre with Horonation Street, we might be able to make it a third I trip think, up. I think year. if we book the names, we have to do them under fake, a fake alias. <laughs> um, anyway, that all looks cool. I hope that some of the listeners are going to be going off to, um, to, to see that, even if we may not be. Um, let us know what you think and make sure you take lots of photos and show us because I, I love all that <laughs> Why kind do they stuff. do this to me? It's not fair. <laughs> Finally, Gemma. Yes. Now, don't get too excited because this is only a rumour so far. What? But we oh. may be getting <laughs> some Helen Flanagan news coming up in 2023. Um, no, she's not of the duff again. She is rumoured to be taking part in the all-stars edition of I'm a Celebrity next year. So getting all the famousest people off of I'm a Celebrity, sticking them out in a jungle or a... Or a no, it's not a jungle. I can't remember where it is somewhere. Uh, is it a castle in Wales? Is it No, no, no. House? I don't think they're doing that. I don't think they're doing Phil's, Phil's house in Wales for I'm a Celebrity. Um, I don't know. So it, it's probably true, isn't it? These things um, are usually a case of um, no smoke without fire. So, um, yeah, watch this space. Helen Flanagan may be making a triumphant return to the coronation, uh, sorry, the Conversation Street cabin section next year. Um, make sure you keep voting for her to do all the horrible tasks. And that's it for the news this week. Let's move on to the feedback section. Feedback time. And we haven't got much feedback this week. I think everyone's just kind of recovering from the mass onslaught of feedback we received over the past few weeks. But we got a little bit, of course, and even a new iTunes review as well. But first, we have, of course, got to say what people thought about last week's Coronation Street, and the average score was 3.5. Nice round score there. And I think, did we? We might have even scored last week 3.5 as well. Fiona voted it three Biscoffs and a Vinci. Judith gave it three and a half sanctimoniously judged neighbours haranguing Stu in the street. And Heather was my pick of the week with four out of five famously frothy Michaels, which is a reference to something that appeared in our video on the tour at the Costas. So I appreciated that oh. quite a lot. It wasn't a Corey yeah. reference at all. It was a Michael reference. And I'm always up for those. Wasn't it nice not to have the Stu and Yasmin storyline this week? I was literally week? just thinking like how <laughs> quickly I forget because I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, and that took up so much time last week as well. And it wasn't necessarily a bad story. We were quite invested in like, oh, what's the what's the truth behind this Charlie murder and everything? But I think if that if any of that story had crept into this week, it would have really? pulled my score down a little bit. Mm. Well, it's going to rear its head again again soon, isn't it? But yeah, yeah that was a good week this week. Right, um, as I said, we have got a new iTunes review. Gemma, would you like to read this one out, please? It was a five-star review, you'll be pleased to know. Hooray! Lucky Sideraland says, Hi, just a middle problem past, aged American guy. Have watched Loved Cory for many years and just found this podcast and I've listened to a few episodes and really enjoy the wit and banter. Fun, interesting, a great street talk conversation. For me, it really expands the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. You that's are, nice. Oh no, I mean, that's very kind. After only a few episodes as well, we can I know, you. we've won you over. Good job you didn't listen star. to the bad episodes of the podcast. Yeah, there anyway, are some really bad ones. You can stop listening to it now. There are some definite you... one-star episodes. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was awesome of you um, to review Don't that. Don't forget, if you want to support us, you can leave us a review on iTunes or join our Patreon. 
you can do that. Now is the perfect time to join. Beginning of the month, you get a whole month's worth of goodness yeah. for your cash. Yeah, it's brilliant. If you sign up to a year subscription, you get a water bottle straight We've away. still got some water bottles left over, just Celebrity saying. Celebrity water bottles, as just seen saying. on Coronation Street. Yes, indeed. Um, I would also like to say a big thank you to Emma, um, who sent us a wonderful oh, email this week. Now, Emma's she has great. taken up the challenge of reviewing the podcast. I noticed that she did one podcast. episode. She's done, she has gone back and listened to episode one of the podcast, which you can still get on the Podbean app and on our blog, conversationstreet.podbean.com. But she has taken to making copious notes about each episode. And I mean, episode one was only half an hour long and she still managed to fill a page of A4... Um, Times New Roman of it, didn't she? I think. Thank and you, she's, Emma. It was she's really put lovely to like quotes from the opinions. episode, mostly funny things that Gemma has said. Um, she's put some like, what were the stories we talked about? What were some of the predictions we made of it? What was the news that we talked about in the cabin segment? It was really cool rereading that. So Emma, that's awesome. Um, I, 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 I mean, I'm not going to ask you to carry on the job for the rest of the 370, no, 500, sorry, and 37 episodes, but. You can if you it want. It was really good fun. And it, was it was a lot a, of fun. A walk down memory lane. Thank you very, very much for doing that. Yeah. Right, Gemma, I will let you read Rebecca's feedback for this Why week. is it so small? I'm just sorry. I'm not, you, you know I can't read tiny oh, writing. Oh, I just didn't zoom it in. There you go. Oh, now I need to scroll down. Oh, oh, well, you give oh, it to me and oh. it's like the most tiny thing I've ever seen. There, <laughs> there we go. What did Rebecca have to say about last week's car race? Right, fine, I can read Rebecca's stuff. Thanks, Michael. Rebecca says, At the start of the week, I wasn't sure about the RD and Kelly getting engaged just for the quiz, but by the end of the week, they're grown on me. However, I feel they won't stay together for long. RD riding Ash's pink princess bike had me howling with laughter so much, and I did like the idea of them losing their virginity to each other. Though I assume Kelly, being a bad girl, had already done it. However, I was wrong. (laughs) Bad girls are always losing their virginity, aren't they? Oh, yeah, naughty. Um, I completely agree with Asha being angry that Ardie had given Kelly Sunita's engagement ring, especially as Kelly was the one who sent the pictures of Asha flashing Corey. True. I don't think Dev will be happy either. I predict they won't get married, although it won't be through a lack of Kelly or Ardie trying. I also think there might be a 50% chance that Kelly might be pregnant, especially if Ardie uses his condom from year eight. <laughs> Oh, bless him. Glad that Yasmin has finally decided to accept Stu, but not quite forgiven him yet. I'm getting annoyed at the neighbours being angry at Stu, and I enjoyed Yasmin taking... telling them where to go at the end of Wednesday's episode. I'm starting to think Lucy might be the one who killed Charlie, but I'm also not ruling out Bridget either. I don't think it's Bridget. Bridget seems to be... um ever so slightly coming round to Stu's point of view. It was, it's Lennox or Lucy, isn't it? Poor, poor Bridget and Lucy, like, just because they're the only characters we've have been cast into the storyline that I knew, it's like, well, it's one of them. Yeah. Rebecca says, the Bernie story with the evil twin, to quote Joseph, seems like fun. I love Bernie giving Gemma and Paul half price prima donna vouchers, but only when Bernie was working. Hilarious. I think that Fern might end up being Bernie's biological twin, as Gemma and Paula twins, and obviously the quads are. Maybe so. Maybe it runs in the Winter Family. Interesting. I think they've said it does run in the Winter Family. I'm pretty sure well, it that obviously it is does. Canon. I also enjoyed Bernie thinking Dev was asking her for something else when he wanted her to just be his cleaner. Look, Stephen is so annoying, and I'm glad Carla doesn't trust him. Sarah's also being annoying as well, simpering away to Stephen. Glad that Shona can see through Sarah as well, and her and Carla should team up. Loved Carla Peter Ken scene in Underworld, except the fact that Carla backed down over Stephen. She should learn to trust her gut. The Silk story was stupid. I'm wondering if Stephen will try to buy his way into the 50 centres to get some more shares. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know whether he's kind of given up on the factory now, because like, there's only so much that you can try and get Sarah to get money when she hasn't got it, and is is the Rovers his you know change of target now? It's his um, it's his Fort Knox. Yeah, look out, Dev! He'll be coming on to you next. He's going to be seducing Evelyn. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to bet that either Kelly or Summer will get pregnant. That if on Monday that Summer reveals that she did sleep with Aaron, I'm wondering if Aaron telling Billy that he should ring the nurse up was a small hint about the nurse offering Summer the arm blood monitor. I did laugh at Summer accusing Aaron of watching her eat cake at Gemma and Paul's birthday party. Finally glad to see Dylan again and I hope he does stay in Weatherfield. Maybe Violet is ill and that's why she hard, he's hardly around. I also found the Sean and Lawrence scenes cute but wonder if Todd is going to be brought into this story. Character Wigazardi is just so sweet and I love that he thinks he's found someone as cool as Kelly. I'll give this week three and a half Asher Princess bikes out of five. Lovely. Thank you very much. Well, those interesting theories there. Yeah, Um, Todd definitely seems to be... um, He seems to have a quiet opinion about Sean and Lawrence together and it's still to be seen what exactly that is. How how is... Some, who's going to be the next pregnant Coronation Street character? That's my question. Yeah, because we've not... The ha- the, there we isn't anybody pregnant. No, we had, was, Abby was the last one to give birth, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, and we didn't even know she was pregnant, neither did she, so that was I, a bit I kind surprising. of like the idea of them giving it a rest for the moment. We don't need a permanently, you know, we don't need a pregnant person permanently on the screen. Uh, well, I, I, I'm I, like thinking there's quite a few options there that would be quite interesting. Toya? I was going to say, when was... When With spiders, did, mega. Or maybe uh, when did Imran die? Uh, like May. Toya ain't pregnant. That well, it's be... like three or four months. Oh god, maybe. She might. She might. The thing is, they could write this in quite easily because she um, might not show, or maybe she just thinks she's she's getting fat because she's comfort eating vegan carrot cake that's left over <laughs> from uh, diabetic birthday parties, but. Um, also, if she stops her her period, she might just think it's stress. Could be. And then she could end up being in in, in the mother and baby unit where um where Fizz was. That would be so bittersweet, wouldn't it? If oh she my does God. end up uh, with Imran's baby. But then it would kind of mean that she would always be in Alfie's life because she'd have yeah. Alfie's half brother. Yeah. Yeah. Or sister. Well, not that oh. that means everything. I mean, I mean, this I feel... is like Chesney and Leanna kind of semi-related in that way as well. I'm completely, I'm completely invested in this idea now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I don't know. Sarah I mean, and Adam still they stopped. I was thinking now. about this earlier. I was thinking uh, uh, they were trying for a baby and then yeah, they gave out because they're really bored um, of 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 themselves. Um, what about well, Fizz? No, I don't. I, I think they've had. They've got enough kids now. Well, um, when, that never stopped anybody. I, I mean, what about somebody like like Daisy and Daniel? Ugh. I know, I know. There's a lot more. I I do like Daisy and Daniel. I don't want them to be ruined <laughs> by a kid. Um, I don't. I most so, like Daisy. At listen, the this is the thing, right? You, you say ruined by a kid, but some characters that would actually it would actually make them more interesting. Like it, if Toya had a baby, I really think I'm like I'm rooting for this now. I'm writing this in. She's gonna... the person that I'd like to have a baby the most, I, know. I think. Or would that just kind of, you know, her thing is that she can't have a baby. Why um, can't they just stick think, with that? I don't think that's her thing. Oh, I just want Elsie to come back, really. I know. Right, Nancy's email is next. In fact, this is our final email of the night. She says she loved all the questions that Ardy and Kelly were being asked at the couples competition. And I wonder who will win the trip. Um, I wonder. I wonder. Hmm. Um, Ardy's wedding proposal was beautiful too. 
does remind me of the Norris and Mary story, though. Um, Deb and Asher will need to readjust their opinions of Kelly. Um, I couldn't believe Deb, Bernie, Elaine and Tim wanting Stu to leave the street. Must have been a surprise for Yasmin to see Tim join them, since he seemed to be so supportive of Yasmin. Um, she, Alia and Zidane were wonderful defending Stu. I hope Yasmin keeps it up. My theory is that Lennox was having an affair with Charlie. He killed her when he found that Stu was also having an affair with her. Can I just say, this besmirching of the character of Charlie has to stop here. <laughs> this poor innocent woman was murdered. This is just typical of society. What was she wearing? That's the question, isn't it? We're all asking. What was she wearing to make herself get murdered? Hmm? Hmm? Who was she knocking about with? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? I think we're besmirching the character Victim of Lennox. Ben. He just had I a know. little affair. I know. Everyone's like, he must be a bent copper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, isn't it? They're different. Um, right, so I love Bernie meeting Fern. I can see the resemblance. And the blazer design was interesting. Lots of That's people have commented word. on that blazer saying... Is that really what somebody as um, high, high class as Fern would be wearing? I don't See, know. See, look, now I can feel, I'll give um, Sarah a bit of slack here. Cut some slack here. If the, if the universe that she lives in, that is considered to be a high-end design that people would pay hundreds of pounds for in a shop. Maybe I can see why she might have trouble designing pants that people actually want to wear. Very true, very true. Um, I love that Bernie and Linda rivalry is still on as well. Bernie and Tev together are always funny. And I loved it when Bernie slapped Dev. He, yeah, he, he was just taking out his um, aggression when he gave Ardy a bit of a punch this week, wasn't He's he? like, someone's got to pay for that. Yeah. And it's going to be Ardy. I love Lawrence's child. relationship with Sean, says Nancy. Glenda and Mary doing the party for Dylan was wonderful too. I wonder whether Glenda will get roped into Mary's play. I mean, considering she is a performer, isn't she? Are they going to carry on this joke that they seem to be playing on us, Coronation Street Watchers, where we almost get to hear her sing? Maybe. Is it going to be a musical? And they're like, right, okay, Glenda, can you do, um, can you just do an audition for this song? And then she starts to sing and then in bursts <laughs> Wendy going, I must have this part. I don't really know anything about this. I should have written Roxy, Roxanne, whatever it is. Like, they seem well, to don't... just be recruiting old people at the moment for it. So I don't know about well, Glenda, but I'd like... I don't know if this is a real play or... I, I did. I tried to do a bit of googling of it earlier, and I wasn't. I couldn't. I, what was the name of it? Though? I can't remember. Whether it was Roxana or Roxana. Or, I thought it or was some... Roxana because Roxana is obviously a, a, a sort of famous story, isn't it? That is it. Yes, it oh, is. I don't know. It's the it's the guy with the big nose. Oh, uh, okay. I don't it was, know. It was a but... Steve Martin film. Fine. Okay. Um. Anyway, I I um I I think Glenda was much missed this week, so I hope that she will return to Coronation Street soon. Um. Nancy continues. Um. I loved it when Glenda and Mary were singing together as they crossed the street, and Dylan may leave, but he will make a quick return. Um. Also, as speaking about storylines that we forgot were ever happening, but oh, we made such man. a Impression on us last week, Steve is going to be in big trouble with Tracy. Yes, that's right, we have been and through another week of Coronation Street this week where they are no further with that tiling storyline. What, what at this hell? stage, they're going to be adding bloody um, uh, solar panels on it. I want, Might as well. <laughs> yeah, I want Stephen to go mad on the uh, on the scaffolding. I want him to start tearing it down and smashing up the street. No, I want, the him poles. To, I want him to um, like scuttle up. Other side of it, like Quasimodo in um, Notre Dame. What was it? What's that movie? Yeah, Hunchback in Notre Dame, kind love, of swing I around a little bit. Scuttle up the side and sit hunch on the top like a gargoyle. We can, and can start flinging tiles at people. 
I think he should scuttle up there and jump on top of the rovers just to like lay claim on it and say, this is mine now. I'm going to wee down the chimney and now it's mine. <laughs> um, Nancy gave last week's Coronation Street three and a half Gina Uno blazes out of five. Very nice. And the character of the week was Ardy, of course. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That's it for feedback. So um, if you thought that was a little bit short, then you know what you need to do. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com by this time next week, and we will read yours out. Probably. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, another great podcast over, now what will I do? And you're not on our Patreon. Stop advertising our Patreon, you... We need to recoup our money from all of the uh, exciting things that we did in uh, Manchester. The, the kitty's very low. We, we are in a bit of a Stephen Reed position with our Patreon funds at the moment. If anyone's got any great underwear ideas for us. Um, oh, we could do that. Could be a, could, would, would anyone buy Conversation Street knickers? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, we'll throw a bin at you. <laughs> we'll find we'll we'll it. Please but do consider joining our Patreon. We, we, we put out uh, an episode every month for our listeners of a certain uh, tier and we also make nice merch and this this year's merch is a very beautiful limited edition um, water bottle that keeps hot water hot and cold water cold. That's enough of that, thank you very much. Oh, I don't understand what's wrong with what I'm saying. Nothing's wrong, it's fine, it's fine, fine. Right, um, do visit our blog at conversationstreet.podbean.com, it's, not like it's lovely. It's- what? It's nothing wrong with like, the Patreon is a service that we provide. I know. They're not. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't mind. I just wanted to say the other things. Also, I just want to say thank you very team. much to everybody that has donated to our um, Just Giving. I think we've come to an end with that really now. Well, yeah, we got Rebecca give us a donation this week, didn't we? we uh, this one wasn't uh, there last week. $25, Rebecca yeah. Andy, Charlie, Claire. Um, so... Uh, we are now at £626 for the Trust of Trust. Thank you, everybody. That was um, very proud of you guys for donating to that very good cause. And what better way to celebrate 10 years um, podcasting than with a nice little uh, charity donation. Indeed. That is it. Instagram. Follow us there. It's lovely. Go to our Twitter. We're at Conversations. Like Stuart. emojis that he's going to upload tomorrow. I am going to put some car emojis up tomorrow. Very true. Um, we are on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon, as Gemma has said. And that's Don't it. Don't talk about the Patreon. That's apparently. it. Um, anything else, Gemma, to add? Um, believe in yourself and you can achieve anything. There we go. Fine words. Goodbye, everybody. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh.